The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 193 of the podcast. Today is Saturday, May the 30th. We're coming close to the end of May here, and it's fight night. We're uh, we're broadcasting here live alongside of US, uh, UFC on ESPN 9, Tyron Woodley and Gilbert Burns, main event. We're going to give some commentary for the last uh Last couple of fights here, we just saw Roosevelt Roberts uh, submit Brock Weaver in a, in a very exciting lightweight fight there, or what was a one-sided lightweight fight because only one of them made weight. Before we get into all of that and all of the fight action, let me introduce my co-host all the way from New Jersey, Jeff, the Animal Wilson. Jeff, what's going on, my man? Bill, I'm feeling good. Super excited for these fights tonight, and so far they have been so exciting. I think we've had two decisions out of like seven or eight fights so far. So this card is, I don't know how much hype was behind it, but I am loving this card so far. Yeah, man. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Of course, all the prelims were phenomenal. Uh, only two decisions, and even those fights were great. Um, before we get underway with that stuff, I, I do want to bring something up. And uh, I don't want to dwell on it too much because, you know, there are a lot of opinions floating around about it out there. I'm talking about the absolute tragedy of George Floyd um, being murdered uh, by a police officer in Minneapolis. Um, it, no human being should have to be put through that, uh, you know, no matter what they're being arrested for or, it, you know, what they did. Everybody deserves like a fair trial and and to be treated like a human being and what was done to him was just absolutely disgusting jeff um it it really upset me to see that footage especially having trained in grappling for so long and, and knowing what uh pressure on the carotid arteries like that could do uh, in terms of short-term and long-term damage and, and as we saw even death um and, and it doesn't even take nine minutes uh it could take uh you know much less time than that uh, so it, it really broke my heart to see that. And, um, it, you know, my, my thoughts are with his family and everything like that. And I know a lot of people are really angry and upset out there and rightfully so, you know, we're seeing a lot of people protesting and, and even rioting. Um, just remember guys, there's a fine line. Um, you know, protesting is great. It can be an awesome tool to get your point across, but, uh, you know, if it gets to the point where you're putting innocent people at risk and, and burning down people's businesses, uh, and, and, you know, more people could end up getting hurt than it becomes counterintuitive. So just be good to each other out there. Um, you know, try to keep that in mind. Uh, I, you guys know, I don't like to get too political on here, but, uh, I couldn't go without saying something about this. So I, I just hope everybody continues to stay safe. Um, it's really an unfortunate incident and hopefully justice is served here because uh, it took way too long for, um, 
that police officer to be put into custody. Um, any thoughts on this one, Jeff, before we get into some fight talks here? Yeah, it's, it's horrible, man. It, like you said, it's an awful tragedy. And, you know, I really feel for George Floyd and his family. And, you know, as as to address the whole rioting thing, you know, let's be that difference, man. Uh, you know, I'm all for peaceful protests. And I, I just think that, like you said, man, life is just about having fun, you know, without hurting anybody. And, you know, let's just try and spread the love instead of spreading hate, man, because that's the only way you're going to beat hate. You're not going to beat it with more hate. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. Um, you know, I hate to uh, move on to from something so serious into, uh, you know, having a good time, but uh, that's why we do these things. Uh, hopefully we can provide a little bit of distraction from all the ugliness that's going on in the world, at least for a couple hours here. So we're going to have a couple of drinks, watch some fights, um, talk about some fights that already took place. We got another guest that's, that's coming on the line in a little bit. And, um, you know, you know, we're going to have a good time here. Uh, if you're wondering why Jeff and I are matching, it's because we both got our MMA on the rocks t-shirts on, which are available for sale. Thanks to our friends at rip life one and team reaper. Uh, if you guys want the easiest way to find the link to the t-shirts, you can check the link in my Instagram bio at MMA on the rocks or my pinned tweet on Twitter at MMA on the rocks. Uh, and if you find yourself often over the top or under the influence or both, uh, then this is, would be a fun shirt for you. Or if you just want to support the show, uh, we definitely appreciate it. And our friends over at team Reaper do an awesome job supporting local fighters um, with sponsorships, with promotion, and uh, and helping them out in a big way. And uh, it's also a local printing company right here in St. Petersburg, Florida, Jeff. So, you know, hel helping uh, support a, a small business uh, during these times was definitely a big decision in, um, you know, who to go with for printing T-shirts. So go get yourself a T-shirt from Team Reaper, uh, riplife1.com. Uh, or you could just go to any of our social media outlets and uh, the, the link is readily available. Thank you to everybody who has already ordered shirts because uh, there's been a bunch of orders already in the past week. So that's awesome. Um, and if you do get yourself one, tag us in a picture on social media and yeah, have a good time with it. Now, how are you feeling on that shirt, Jeff? Looks good on you, my man. I, I, it feels good, um, but just a heads up: if, if you guys do or online, they do run uh, a little tight. Um, but I, I have also gained some weight during this whole pandemic, so <laughs> maybe, maybe I just need to lose weight, Bill. I don't know. They, they run a little tight if you put on the COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah, um, but dude, uh, super comfortable, man. Um, I don't know what the mix is, but I the fabric feels really good. Uh, and you know, you know me, but I like to dress comfortable. I'm more of a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. Uh, you know, when I'm not teaching, uh, where I'm required to wear a button down, I'm usually wearing something more comfortable, which, you know, this shirt fits that category. I do know you, Jeff, and I do know you like to be comfortable and, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, my friend. Um, yeah. So go ahead and, and grab yourselves a t-shirt if you're, if you're a fan of the show or, or you want to support the show, or if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, you know, you can get a t-shirt too. Uh, so as always, we want to know what you guys are thinking and drinking out there. Uh, buddy Nelson 
is very excited to be here. Um, and uh, he wants to know if we have a Husky size. We do. It goes up to 3XL, Nelson, just for uh, just for FYI. In any case, um, UFC on ESPN 9, we're getting ready for what was supposed to be a featherweight fight here is actually going to be a catchweight fight between Billy Quarantillo and Spike Carlisle. Two really exciting fighters, Jeff. Um, I, I happen to have, in full disclosure, a personal relationship with Billy. Trained with him before he trains here in Tampa, race Tampa South. Um, and as for Spike, I, I'm a fan of his style as well. I mean, there's no way this is going to be a boring fight here. We're watching the warm-ups right now. Of course, uh, we'll give you the timestamp as soon as this thing gets going here. We're watching them uh, warm up with fellow UFC fighter Matt Steamroller for Vola. Um, just two guys, very different styles, but both very exciting styles. Billy is a grinder. He will never take his foot off the gas pedal. And uh, Spike is the kind of guy who kind of lulls you into thinking he's not going to do something and then exploding out of nowhere. Um, so two styles that are always exciting, always entertaining, uh, but for different reasons. Give me your thought on this matchup, Jeff. Yeah, but I'm excited. Both of these guys are going to go full throttle from the first bell. So um, really excited, both very well-rounded. And, you know, as um, <clears throat> as good as Billy Quarantillo is, um, what's his name? Uh, I just Spike forgot. Carla. Thank you, Spike Carlisle. Kind of unpredictable at times. You know, you kind of never know what he's going to throw at you. But uh, Billy Quarantillo's cardio should be able to hold out whatever storm is coming his way. So very exciting fight coming up. Yeah, man. And I'm just sharing this link out on Twitter here for anybody who didn't know we were going live. And uh, we're waiting on another guest here. Jeff, what was the um, what was the best fight of the night for you so far? Dude, you're, that's a loaded question, man. Uh, <laughs> there have been so many good fights. Excuse me. Um, a lot of finishes tonight, but I think um, I, I got to go with the opener, man. It was um, – hold on. Let me pull up the card because I can't for the life of me remember. But uh, the, Well, well the while fight, you do that, let me add on our third member of the broadcast team here tonight. Oh, All yeah. the way from Brooklyn, New York, John Emanuel Benaducci. What a small How you doing, world my brother? Hey, what's going on? I don't think we ever uh, podcasted together. I only had it uh, had a twosome, no threesome with you guys. <laughs> well, what's going on, Manimal? Kind of threesome. Uh, just chilling, enjoying the card so far. Love you that. You got to take what uh, you can get, Manimal. <laughs> you tell us. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of things, what you can get, Mackenzie Dern looked really good, actually. Her, yeah, uh, her knee bar looked good. That's pretty I, yeah, smooth. I mean, she looked good I at the end of the fight. So. Right, listen, what are you gonna do? I, Some, I mean, that's all anybody's gonna remember, right? She finished it with a knee bar. Hey, she caught the girl with a knee bar. She weathered a little. Adver I think she looks better now, fight wise. Oh shit, Billy Q. Fuck, that's how I know Billy Q's my boy now. I get nervous when he when he fights. I'm with you, man. I'm nervous. I only too. get nervous when my boys fight. So yeah, yeah we me went too. out to Vegas when he was on the contender series, and that was fucking off the charts. That was great. 
Yeah. Contender Series fight was great. We had a good ass time out in Vegas during it. So, and for anybody who is not familiar with Manimal, uh, you, you definitely should be. But uh, speaking of getting nervous when your friends fight, I got nervous for your last fight at Madison Square Garden because Manimal here is happens to be a Bellator featherweight, a Matt Sarah second degree black belt in jiu-jitsu and the co-host of what was formerly the MMA and beyond podcast. I don't know. I, I haven't, I'm a, I haven't I'm seen a, it in a while. Yeah. I think I might be in the market for a new gig, but I'm Uh-oh. not sure what the nature of that should be. Uh Oh, you guys heard so. it here. If you're, if you're looking, if you're a podcast host out there and you're looking to, to add a little animal <laughs> wildness, <laughs> I might be available. Co-host of the decade, right here. So, <laughs> uh, or I could do my own thing. I'm trying to toss around uh, what I want to do. So we'll see. I mean, I do like, I did like our crew, but you know, I think coronavirus might have killed us. <laughs> <laughs> that would happen. MMA and Beyond got the coronavirus. <laughs> I think so. You know, did you know that podcasts, in fact, can catch it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm no scientist. I, but... I actually think that all this happened so Ray Longo could take a fucking break. That guy I mean, was flying around the world with these <laughs> If anybody deserves a break, it's Ray Longo. That guy's a legend. Listen, I'm lucky I stood awake for this. <laughs> well, it it looks like you may not make it to the main event here, buddy. You, <laughs> oh, looks no, like I'm, I'm good to go now. I got I got some weed. I'm good. You're hitting the gas on some uh, recreational materials over there. It's, it's CBD. It's CBD. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. weed legal in Florida? Uh, medicinally, it is. Yes. <laughs> Yo, know, in Vegas when we went, you know, it's legal recreationally. Yeah, a lot of things are legal in Vegas. Yep. I know. Thank the gods. Vegas is my kind of town. Uh, so in Vegas, uh, weed's legally recreational, legal recreationally. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God, they really do it up. The service there and the showmanship, the presentation is just phenomenal. Planet 13, it's just – have you been? I've been to Vegas. I have not been well, to – Well, you a pothead? No, right? You're no, more no, of a drinker, no. right? I, I am much more. I'm drinking right now. You know what? I might crack. Uh, I have. I actually found, you know, I follow the old Viking ways, and I actually found canned mead. <laughs> okay. Nice. So, mead in a can, I mean. All right. Go grab one of those. Too. I think they mean the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you go grab yourself one. Uh, in the meantime, Animal, what do you know about this guy fighting our boy Billy Spike Carlisle here? Shit, I seen him fight once before. I'm trying to remember who his fight was against. He fought Alon Cruz. Ah, uh, yeah, it's, that's right. And Alon came up short in that fight, right? Yeah, yeah, it didn't yeah, go well. Now for him. I remember we, that wasn't the contender series fight, though. The contender series fight Alon won with the flying knee, right? Oh yeah, spectacular. If I'm remembering right, yeah, that was one of the best knockouts of the year last year. Yeah, I'm remembering that one right. And then, uh, yeah, came up short. Well, so, while you grab your canned meat, I'm going to plug my local brewery here. Crooked Thumb uh, comes from right here in Safety Harbor, Florida. 
uh, one of my favorite spots to go and hang out. Guys, remember, during all this pandemic stuff, support your local breweries. Everybody talks about the small businesses and everything. The Budweiser's and the Miller's and the Coors's are all going to be fine after this thing. Uh, but your local breweries might be struggling. So go pick up a growler. Go pick up a six-pack. Uh, you know, tip the bartenders and support everybody. We're about to get underway here. Hold on. Can I just say that this guy just for some reason reminds me of like the evil Danny Bonaducci? <laughs> <laughs> like if Danny Bonaducci was like super jacked and juicy and gills. Well, I mean, he is pretty jacked. Have you seen him lately? He's uh, like, I mean, maybe he's on the sauce. Oh, yeah, he had become a total juice head. They did a bunch of uh, reality shows following him around. Um, when the, the reality screen goes. isn't. No. And I tried here's to flex boy, on you guys, but. Billy Quarantillo. Fuck. What? Did he miss weight? 149 and a half? No, no, no. So this is a catch, catch weight, weight 150. They, they agreed well, to it. Well, neither guy could make weight. No, no, no. They agreed to it uh, last week. So they knew they knew ahead of time it was going to be at 150, and it was because Spike asked for it for the record. We're about to get underway here. I'll give you guys. We're underway. They're uh, guns blazing already here. So we're at four minutes fifty-five seconds. If you guys want to, fifteen seconds in. (laughs) Well, you're a little ahead of this animal. Am I how? Um, probably just maybe faster internet or something. So we're at four minutes. Who's going for the armbar? Fuck. Some fast-paced grappling action on the ground here. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty much the, the fight we expected here. You're about 10 seconds ahead of us, Manimal. Uh, am I? You yeah. know what? Time, time doesn't really exist anyway, so <laughs> what you're, what you're yeah, saying is really relevant. irrelevant. There you go. I got to uh, get some of whatever you're smoking over there. I need some of that CBD. But Spike's uh, on Billy's back here. This is bad fuck. news. All right, Bill. Billy's very hard to finish, though, and pretty crafty. Oh yeah, um, I, I personally love Billy before, <laughs> and he's a black belt under Matt Arroyo. Yeah, I mean, he had his back taken for a long time in the the what you call it in his yeah. contender series fight. You know yeah. what? I think I'm gonna have to pull our feed up on my computer. Okay. Because my phone's gonna wind up dying from this shit. Hold yeah, on. Or happens. I can charge my phone. Shit. Ooh, he's gonna fuck. He's landed some big Ooh, shots. Hold on, I can't. Right this is not good for Billy Quarantillo Ooh, right okay. now. Okay, all right, all right. Billy on top. Shit. What a scrambler, right? It's an exciting fight. This is a two minutes of really fast-paced grappling here. Yeah, I'm I'm exhausted just watching the the first two minutes of this. I can't imagine what my first two minutes back in the gym gonna look like. (laughs) Yeah, it's not gonna look like this. (laughs) I can guarantee that. My first day back in the gym is is gonna be a much slower pace. Manimal, I see you've been training a little bit though, putting some videos out on your YouTube. Some I'm on your uh, Instagram. Uh, a little bit, mostly just strength and conditioning. I mean, the gyms are closed in New York, and it's really locked down up here, mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to train. Oh shit! All right, they got another reversal out of this, but Billy got a nice 
almost route to the back here. Yeah. So. Oh man, and now Billy got reversed. Right. This fight is pretty wild right here. Nice up kicks. There's good opportunities to Billy here. He's good. At, he's has a good ground game. Oh, looking for some rubber guard action. I like that. I haven't seen that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rubber guard is uh is not something you see very often, but uh, I guess uh, Billy's got some flexible hips. This fight is so intense that that I'm, I'm yeah I'm speechless well, here. Well, you know when your boys are fighting, it's always a little more. Yeah, more. yeah, it's definitely stressful. It's definitely. And stressful. I feel like every time fucking Q fights, not every time, but a lot of times, it's like you know there's adversity in the fight. Yeah, the the first round tends to not go his way. That's that's just kind of the way Billy fights. He he lets you have that first one and and, le and lets you think you're in the fight, and then and then he puts the pace on you. That's just so hard to. Oh, uh, he tried to go for a knee bar there, and he he wound up pulling Spike right on top of him. To Billy's him credit, Carlisle's missing a lot of these shots. Yeah, Billy's hard to hit. <clears throat> But at the same time, he gets hit a lot. It's hard to explain. <laughs> it's it's hard, but like it somehow happens. But he 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 can usually walk through a lot. I, mean, I was saying last week that Spike's best chance would be to finish Billy in the first round because after that, um, it is when a lot of people have a really hard time keeping up with Billy's pace. Yeah, um, that's what I'm wondering too. Is how Spike Carlisle is going to be breathing after this round because he's putting in a lot of work, dude. Especially considering that Spike was the one who asked for the catch weight. The round wasn't over. Yo, the fucking Billy Hughes You see what just happened there? Oh, yeah. Spike got up and started walking away. I I don't have you the sound on, Spike. Yeah, I have it on mute. I didn't even notice that. I couldn't hear the bell. Wow, what a round! My my heart's racing. I need a little more. The round wasn't over. Hey, I like that Billy did that. That's the fair game then. Over, dude. You no know, never turn your back on Billy Q. That's what he said right there. You'll catch one right upside the ear. Ooh, all right. That, 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 that was an intense intense fight to kick off the show with first one of this uh we call them we call them brawl crawls here manimal we don't call them fight companions we we do uh it's like a it's like a bar crawl but with fights jeff give me your thoughts on that first round right there oh they're gonna show this look yeah it was a good round for spike carlisle but you know, like I said, I don't know how how easy he's gonna be breathing, and I actually have it on mute, so I didn't even hear the that the bell hadn't gone off, dude. Yeah, I don't know what Spike heard that made him stop, but even the referee was, was on, like, bro. he was like, dude, turn around. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know, you can't fault Billy for taking advantage of that situation. Oh, here we go! Another great scramble. 
Billy's going yeah. to take the back here. Yeah, Billy Quarantillo is good at creating chaos and then making order out of that chaos. That's a great way to describe Billy's style. Um, it, that's that's just how he thrives. And one of you guys is I, I hear your TV. Can't hear you. I, I, I hear your TV, Manimal. You guys hear me now? <laughs> it looks like you're fr you just froze. Um, but Billy just got reversed here. He lost the back, and now Spike Carlisle's on top. For those of you just joining the show, if you want to sync up with us, we're in round number two. Billy Quarantillo, Spike Carlisle, three minutes and 48 seconds. Uh, so if you want to sync up with our stream here, or if you're not even watching the fights, that's cool too. Hang out with us, have a drink. We got Jeff the Animal Wilson. We got John the Manimal Benaducci. The first time in podcasting history, we have the animal and the manimal on the same podcast. <laughs> it's just history, folks. Oh, yeah. We out here. That's <laughs> it, man. Good, uh, scramble. <clears throat> Billy doing a good job defending that takedown, but but Spike was just too relentless with it. Winds up on top. And Billy yeah, stays busy on the bottom, too. Yeah, Spike Carlisle's taking a lot of damage while being on top, man. Billy's using the fence to try and his his legs are endless, man. Forget how long this guy is. Whereas Spike is very compact and very muscular. It's really an interesting uh, body type matchup. But like I was saying before the fight started, you can't have, you know, they're both very exciting for very different reasons. And it's it's making for a hell of a fight. This was a great job by the UFC matchmakers here. Billy's trying to walk up the cage here, get back to his feet. Yeah, Spark, Spike Carlisle doing a good job of staying on top of his back, though. Mm -hmm. Looks like he could slide off the top. Yeah, I don't know how, how well he has those hooks secured. He doesn't have the hooks, but he was able to pull himself back down by pulling Billy's arms forward. Um, that was actually a pretty slick move. It's something that's actually really hard to do once you're slipping off the top especially if you're sweaty. Spike's face is pretty busted up here. He looks yeah. like Brock Weaver at the weigh-in with that war paint. <laughs> yeah, he was eating some nasty elbows from the uh, from the top position there. Oh, big knee to the body from Billy. That was nice. You saw, you saw Spike take a deep breath. Oh, nice that. takedown, too. This is where Billy gets hard to deal with. Yeah, it looks like we lost you for a second, but we got you back, man. It looks Manimal. like Billy's starting to come on strong now. Here's the thing. Some some big knees to the body from Billy Quarantillo. Here's the thing. If you start taking deep breaths, Billy starts working harder. That's just the way he is. And it's it, it's well, a scary thing if you're in there with somebody like that. Manimal's drinking some Valkyrie sure. Choice canned mead. We're, you're breaking up a little bit there, Manimal. I don't know if you're... Uh, if it's your signal or Wi-Fi or something, but you keep freezing there. Spike's still going for that. Uh, nice. still, still going for the takedown. Billy rolls him with a guillotine. Man, these guys are all over the place. If you guys are just joining in, let us know what you're drinking out there in the comments. Um, and if you're not drinking, just say anything in the comments. And 
and we're here to hang out with you guys. Billy throwing up a triangle. He's got it locked in. He's dropping elbows. It looks like Spike might have enough room to slip out. And he does, but Billy locked it right up again. Nice. Very nice. Dropping elbows on the top of Spike's head. <clears throat> Spike must have oh. like a very narrow top of his head to be able to keep squeezing out of the of those triangles from Billy. I mean, he, he's also covered in blood and sweat. That might be helping out a little bit too. <laughs> he's using his Danny Bonaducci blood. Yeah. So heading into this round three, Bill, Spike Carlisle's taking some deep breaths, man. Oh, we got we got Peru in the house. Yeah, we have a listener from Ecuador too, Bill. Awesome, We're all man. over the Americas. We got Australia in the house, Mark Fellows. What's going on? We're all over the place. We lost Manimal though. Manimal's frozen in outer space somewhere. <laughs> I got to take a screenshot of this just because <laughs> his face is priceless. <laughs> Manimal, if you can hear us, uh, we can't hear you. Uh, but but thanks for everybody joining in. Uh, we're watching UFC on ESPN 9 here. Um, it, it's a little bit chaotic, and I apologize for anybody just listening to the audio the next day. We completely lost Manimal. Um but yeah, we've been doing this uh, every now and then lately. We call them brawl crawls, where we watch the fights and have some drinks and and give you our commentary. And uh, we got Billy Quarantillo and Spike Carlisle here on the main card, round three. Spike taking some big deep breaths, and Billy comes right after him. But Spike goes right for a body lock and drags Billy down to the ground. Man, this fight is a is a ridiculous pace. If you've ever done any kind of grappling or anything, um, you know that, the, that what these guys are doing is, is beyond what 99% of human beings can do. Yeah, Bill, this is like watching an episode of Dragon Ball Z, man. The high pace, the intensity, it's been great, and it's been going on for two rounds. You know, credit to Spike Carlisle's cardio, man. We already knew Billy Quarantillo had cardio, but... Um, Carlisle's, you know, keeping the pace with him. Yeah, especially after those big body shots he took in the second round uh, and the big deep breaths he was taking at the beginning of the third round. Uh, there's no quit in Spike Carlisle as he's on Billy's back again and slides over the top again and, and somehow maintains it and Billy turns into him. Damn it. This is a fucking fight, Jeff. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, and it Billy looks like we got Animal back. <laughs> Trying yeah. time. I put it on my computer. I think now I look all right. Yeah. All right. My yeah. phone was choppy. You look phenomenal. Look, fuck. Thank you. Billy's really turning <laughs> it up this round. How old are you now, Manimal? 27, 28? 39. Getting there. I think the universe may have wanted me to, to chill a little bit so I could have a longer career. Oh, Billy's got a choke locked in here, but he's he got a roll. triangle twice before, too. Yeah. This and is he has so a good guard, so I don't mind seeing him. He looks good on his back. What do you think of this pace, Manimal? I don't know how I feel about you saying he looks good on his back. Look, he's looking for that triangle again. Oh, yeah, man. That's his go-to. Yeah, that's his bread and butter. He had that nice triangle his last fight. He's one of those long-legged guys. Look, he's there again. He should sw If he could switch that to the Uma Plata... 
he'd be deadly with it. Triangle Umaplata, if he worked those back and forth, although it is very difficult in the fight because these dudes are sweaty. It almost looked like he heard you because he went for the Umaplata there, but it, he did, he just didn't have the angle there. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to astral project there right now. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever seen Billy Quarantillo take a dip, big, deep breath in a fight. This dude got an insane pace, too. Oh, yeah. They I both mean, do. gingers don't really get tired. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Yeah, gingers don't tire. <laughs> I have never. Just, you know, they just operate really well in shitty positions. <laughs> just I, I, like, I've, I've never heard either of these stereotypes about redheads, I guess. Uh, no. What about their redheads are crazy? No, crazy. Redheads. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, everybody knows that. <laughs> Crazy, no soul. You know, no those soul, are the, yeah. Those are the, well, yeah, how can you get tired if you don't have a soul? <laughs> That's, you know, I never really thought about it like that. It's like you're undead. Like, do zombies get tired? They don't sleep. They just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying that redheads are like zombies? I mean, he's looking very zombified right now. I fucking hope... Q finishes him though. I think he might be down two rounds. It's hard to say. Those first two rounds were really close. Um, I I was too excited to really score them. It was really back and forth. It Listen, depends I what offer the- you some, but you don't have the technology for me to pass it through the screen. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm getting a contact high like through the, the internet, <laughs> whatever you got over there. It's <laughs> my goal. That, uh, that CBD elevate. you got. My goal is to elevate everyone. Billy's just going to work on Spike's uh, back here. Billy needs five-round fights. Some guys need five-round fights. I like three-round fights, personally. <laughs> I'm happy with that. I would like maybe like a half-a-round fight. <laughs> Two and a half minutes. Let me in there. I actually Billy's- like a long first round. Like the old pride days. I like a 10-minute first round, yeah. Well, I can tell you one thing. Billy won this third round. That's for sure. Oh, almost 10-8. Almost a 10. This fight's going to be a draw. Watch. That could have been a 10-8 round for Q. Wow. Spike lost his mouth. Spike could be a draw. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, hopefully Billy came away with one of those first two rounds. Yeah. I don't know. I I listen, I gave him all three rounds personally. Because that's my boy, so Yeah, I I don't wanna comment on the scoring here because I would probably give him all three too, but I know I'm biased. I, I have to go back and, and watch it like with a more analytical eye. I'm just watching it as a beer drinking fan right now. Mark all the way in Australia wants to know if it's too early for whiskey. Cause it's only 12, 16 PM. You crack that whiskey, Mark, and you have a drink with us right now. And again, his question is flawed. Time. What is time? <laughs> you fucking you want to drink. That's what yeah. time is. <laughs> yeah. It's time for a drink. You listen fucking to Manimal. Time, buddy. You go for it. <laughs> What do you, you have just, to struggle with your conscience there if that's what you want to do? Mark, you just heard it from a Bellator featherweight right there. You better crack that the whiskey. Most entertaining. Not entertaining <laughs> as far as fighting, but 
entertaining from the time I signed the contract till today. <laughs> Speaking of Manimal, do you do you have any word on like when Bellator might be coming back with some fights, like how UFC is doing? Uh, they they were saying down south in July, mm-hmm. like they and, might try to do some in the states that are favorable. Mm. And have have you been contacted to appear on anything? No, not unless they want me at uh, middleweight. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. So you're not going to see 145 pounds by July? Yes. Unanimous decision for Billy. Oh, thank the gods. Nice. What a fight. See, I gave him all three rounds. Some judge did too. Yeah. Seems that way. Gave him all three rounds also, or gave him a round and a 10 8 round. Phenomenal fight. I tell you what, uh, Spike Carlisle's does not go down. My manager just texted me and he's like, that looked like a steamroller fight. I was like, (laughs) it's funny. They are besties, right? Well, they did walk into Gracie Tampa South on the exact same day, just by coincidence. Just by coincidence. That's crazy. When that happens, it's just, I mean, tell me the universe doesn't have a plan, and I'll call you a fucking liar. I don't know. It it, it, looks weird. You have to have a concept of time to make a plan? No, not really. It's just an event. So the plan doesn't. It occupies its own space and time together. A plan doesn't (laughs) include a when, it just includes a what. No, no. But you're, you're not thinking about time the right way. This is going to get too esoteric soon. But you just no, said time I, doesn't. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's gonna get too esoteric. You're going to have to explain this to me another time. Yeah, let's 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 table this discussion about the nature of time uh, for another time. See, <laughs> <laughs> my manager thinks just like me about fights. He had a draw. He thought it was going to be a draw too. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I wouldn't have been surprised. Look at Billy Q. Kid's a stud. What a stud! I know, right? Thirty years old. He looks seventeen. I mean, you know what? I hate to bring it back to myself, but I want to. Do uh, you hate to do that? <laughs> I think I'm looking younger myself. Go look at if you look at my Instagram when I used to run my gym. I swear to God, I look like I was 90. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> let's let's get a little plug for your Instagram while we're at it here, guys. You can check me out at Manimal John. If you don't follow me, you don't even know where you are. Uh, <laughs> you don't even know what time it is. <laughs> I told her what time it was. Uh, only first of all i'm gonna just leave you with this thought time only makes sense in the very very remote part of the universe you occupied Mm. what are you basing time on how long it takes for our solar system to function is what you call how you measure your time but that's only in our solar system it takes the sun a long time to go let's say around the galaxy and it takes galaxies along whatever you would call time. So the way you measure time is flawed anyway. It's only based on your observation of a moon that only we have. 
uh, our circular pattern around the earth at this particular time, at this particular time in time, right? So the way you measure time anyway is all wrong. I got so distracted by you holding up that grill lighter right there. I feel like you're about to go spark up some charcoals, but I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Manimo, are you saying that time is not linear the way we understand it? Exactly. See, there you go, Bill. So, Manimo, maybe you're like Benjamin Button. Maybe that's why you looked like 90 when you were younger. Maybe you're getting younger as, as our time goes on. Or I'll just be the appropriate... Manimal when I need to do the thing I need to do. However that looks. All right. Well, maybe it'll look like you at middleweight fighting Dylan Dennis. <laughs> well, I, love to, I don't know why. I know he's, you know, it's funny. So uh, Bellator wanted me to fight someone that uh, is like more of a striker and they would have wanted me to do it at like 160. Mm -hmm. I felt best at 45, right? I mean, I'm four feet tall on a good day with high heels on. <laughs> I'm very That's stocky. I'm like, I don't like to say fire hydrant, but I'm very fire, fire hydrant-esque. Yes, I can agree with that. Yeah, I'm thick. Too you and, I have, and, you uh, and I have a very similar build. Yeah, you're stocky too. You're stocky. So... Yeah, so 145, I can make up for any reach disadvantage with my strength disadvantage. To go up to a, a higher weight class, I would want it to be an opponent that was more of a grappler, let's say, mm -hmm. or a guy that I saw flaws in his game. And yeah, even though Dennis is like a fat fuck, he's big, <laughs> I still think it'd be a great fight because he's more of a grappler. Uh huh. Uh, I would just go in at my walking weight. Just where I walk around that, just roll up in there like once. You know, what's the lightest he can make? But Bellator got kind of upset at me. They were like, you don't want to fight this other dude at 160, but you would fight Dennis at 70. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, because fuck him. <laughs> more like a knockout puncher. Like uh, if, you, if you're faced with two opponents, one guy – who could potentially like knock you out and one guy who might, might submit you, but you're also a really good black belt. You're really good at the thing he's good at. He's just bigger. I mean, yeah. Okay. So what? He'll submit me. All right. I hope not, but I'll take that chance. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and I also believe I could catch him. I do. Or otherwise I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want it. Right, of course yeah. I believe that. That's why I like it. <clears throat> well, you kind of have to. I mean, you wouldn't be getting in there if you didn't think you had a chance to win. Or like I you thought you were win. They wanted me to fight too, but I understand why it's not a good matchup. <sighs> well, if that's what you well, want, I like brother, I want to see Imaginov, Molotov. Blagoy Ivanov. Even I like him. He's gritty. <clears throat> yeah, he's underrated, I think, because he, he's had a couple of close decisions and all. He hasn't had any finishes in the UFC yet, but um, man, that guy can take about, a fucking punch. This guy he's fighting. I don't know much about him. Augusto Sakai. So he's a contender series guy, uh, big knockout power. 
young for a heavyweight, 27, 28 years old, which is like, that's like preschool for a UFC heavyweight. Well, I tell you what, in most uh, power-oriented sports, it does take the heavyweight athlete a little longer to develop. Mm -hmm. So I used to have a, a CrossFit gym, and we used to do a lot of weightlifting and strongman. Mm -hmm. And the bigger athlete would tend to be older. It took them more time to develop, more time to put on power, muscle, grow into his frame. I mean, it just took more time. Yeah, for sure. Time We've seen a build. lot of guys have success later in life at the heavyweight. At, at the higher weight, yeah. Yeah. You know, nobody nobody as nobody's much as Randy Couture fighting until he's like 47. I know. He really fucked it up for guys like me that want to make a name for being a little older. Like, I really have to go long. But you're doing it at a lower weight class. Featherweight. Yeah, at featherweight, I think I'm already the oldest. Uh, at least one of the oldest, right? Featherweights. Yeah, I mean you gotta be. Uh, yeah, just the nature of having to cut the weight and shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the, <clears throat> the um, the bigger guys definitely tend to. Um, you don't have to cut any weight then. Yeah, the weight cutting and just also like they can rely on that power. They always say power is the last thing to go. Power is the last thing to go. That's the truth, right? Yeah, I, I believe George so. Foreman could knock out almost anybody right now. Yeah, I mean, have you seen Tyson lately? Oh, He's I know, I know. <laughs> Tyson at fifty-three. He looks they're like they're not him twenty mil, and I think they're they're tr telling the truth. They'll give him twenty mil. They'll find the money. Maybe. Um, I mean, I hope they, I hope they can make that happen for their sake. Um, who they want? I'd like to see a verse Shannon Briggs, especially oh, because that would be awesome. Especially because I happen yeah, to be credential. You feel my kick his ass still? Uh, yeah, that's not. It's just never going to be a good matchup for him. But yeah, I think, I think in actual boxing, like Queensbury rules, uh, Shannon Briggs and Mike Tyson would be a good fight to make right now. I, I would I think, to see that, actually. Yeah, I mean, they're both older. The only problem is, you know, can an athletic commission clear them? Yeah. Oh, there are ways. <laughs> yeah, who says? There are ways. There are ways. Go to Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah. Florida. Go to Florida. They'll do anything down there. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. uh, were you born in Florida? Oh, man, I'm a New Yorker. Through and through. Yeah, were you born in Florida? No, I live in Jersey, man. I just go to Florida to visit Bill. Oh, all right. Because that's good. Because if you're born in Florida, yeah. you yeah, automatically you, go to hell. You guys need yeah, there you, yeah, you see, you get it. Nobody Animal, Jeff nobody trains with Alan Teo. <clears throat> what? Jeff trains with Alan Teo in Fort Lee. Oh, all right. Dude, Alan Teo, you're taking me way fucking back. Because I used to train with him at Henzo's in the early 2000s. Oh, nice. I don't know oh, if the... you remember me. I was a white belt. He was a purple belt. Oh, dude. I'm going to have to ask him. Times. I think then I wasn't Manimal. I might have just been Crazy John. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll always be that. But, 
we got to link you guys up, Manimal. You got to oh, make a trip. So up yeah, Alan was actually like a good competitive when I first started training. So he's like first generation almost. And yeah. Uh, so when I first started training, yeah, he might have been. I think he just got his purple belt. Maybe he was a blue belt when I right just started, but like when I was training consistently back in the day in the early 2000s, 2000, 2001, I think he had got his purple belt and he was doing and winning like all those grapplers quests and nagas. Yeah. Uh, he had a great arm bar. Man, I watched so many of his matches. He almost up. Almost went to Abu Dhabi, um, but he I ran into yeah, I he ran into Eddie Bravo the year Eddie Bravo won it. I remember those matches. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a great style, great old school style. Man, yeah. taking me back, blast from the past. Alan Teo was my first instructor in a gi, so I had trained like uh, I had trained like almost two years no gi, and then I went and found Alan's gym when I moved to New Jersey, and um, he he really. He really helped me a lot with my fundamental jujitsu. Uh, yeah, he remembers me. Yeah, well, there's only one way to find out, Manimal. You got to make your way up to Fort Lee and go train with the animal, Manimal and the animal, <laughs> rolling around on the mats. You just got to be careful what they wish for. Because <laughs> they look like a teddy bear, but it's like the bear in the zoo. You look yeah. at him and you're always so cute. And then you jump in his cage to pet him, and he ripped your fucking face off. Yeah, bro, you're getting me in trouble over here, man. Hey, I, I didn't say fight him. I said, you know, like maybe exchange We're some busy. techniques. No, just this guy, this guy went went full like I'm, I'm a Bellator. It's been a long time since I got to talk about MMA. Yeah, I know. Since your show time. got canceled by the network. Yeah, I think it was a conspiracy because they didn't want me to tell the truth about everything that's going on. <laughs> that was my biggest platform. The network uh, had to silence me. Oh, okay. But you can't keep a good man them all down. So. Doesn't, the, doesn't the universe control everything? So then how can there be conspiracies? Of course the universe controls it, but how else can it make things happen? Without conflict, without <laughs> conflict, nothing can happen. You're just gonna just sit home and do nothing. You know, so conflict, the way the the way the universe has to introduce conflict to make things move are varied. So anything and beyond getting canceled could lead me to a show that then takes off in a different way, and someone who heard that could have liked that and liked me. You know what I mean? So you have to create conflict to create uh, to, to keep the storyline going. So I'm so you, are you breaking the news that MMA and Beyond is officially canceled? Well, is I don't that, know, but I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have a positive outlook on it. All right, yeah, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks. We're just getting uh, underway with this heavyweight bout here, Blagoy. Even like off, I, said, I like Brogan Amadmovs. He's a little older guy too, I think. I can't wait to hear how you pronounce his name by the end of the fight. No, now it's cheating. It says it on the screen. <laughs> we got Ivanov and Augusto Sakai oh, they're, here. They're actually ranked right next to each other. 
Yeah, we got number 12. I've been up with 12. Saki is 13. Why it's is Sakai so white? Is he Asian? Half Asian? Sakai sounds like an Asian name to me. Sounds like an Asian name. Am I being racist? Uh, Without knowing it? I, I don't believe your intentions are to be, so I think it's all about intent. That's well, my let's answer. Look it up. I mean, you're just wondering. His name does sound like an Asian name. You're wondering if that's his race. So, like my last name is Beneducci. If you asked if I was Italian, I mean, that would be an honest guess. <laughs> It'd be a pretty good guess. It Although felt like eleven percent African when I did my ancestry DNA. Is that so? Yeah. Hmm. It feels Scandinavian. My it feels like British. It feels like Billy Q's fight ended four hours ago. Does it feel like that to anybody else? Yeah, there was a big gap, man. The way you think about time is all fucked. <laughs> the intensity of the moment is what counts, not the duration of it. So Billy Q's fight had her That's what I tell my wife. Locked up in it. <laughs> yeah. Woo. And now tell- it's like, oh, that was so long ago. I Man, tell my wife it's about the intensity, not the duration. Yeah. Tell your next girlfriend that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hope she's not watching in the other room. Are you married? Not legally, but. Jeff? Nah. Nah, I'm single and I'm enjoying it, dude. During the quarantine? No domestic violence. Yeah, dude. I don't have anybody bossing me around. There's been no domestic violence by me either, surprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) Or against you. (laughs) Yeah, for me or against me. Well, that's what's more surprising, yeah. All right. My wife is sleeping, and then we started going live. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) It's so loud. Maybe maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll catch some of that uh, domestic violence here on the show here on MMA on the Rocks. Uh, you know, be- my my wife is from a time where you didn't get your shit on camera. <laughs> Smart. Smart. Is your wife Italian as well? No, she's a Brooklyn Jew, but that's the same. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because everyone thinks I'm Jewish. I get. I don't know if it's my nice beard. Really? I am from Brooklyn, but mm, no. I yeah. Maybe if you grew the beard out a little longer. Oh, I had it thick, and I guess uh, you know it's a little too rabbi esque. Mm. <laughs> it seems like the the pace of this fight is much slower than the last fight we saw. I think it's we got spoiled. In comparison to a Billy Q fight, and that other dude Billy Q fought. Who is it? Um. Whatever, it's Danny Bonaducci over there. Mike Carlisle. Mike Carlisle. Spike, Spike. Spike Bonaducci. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's Spike go with Bonaducci that. Has fucking a great gas tank himself. Yeah. I yeah, mean, he didn't really didn't lose any stock. And um, jacked. He's fucking yeah. jacked. He is. He's a, he's yeah, a, for a pale guy. He didn't even get a tan, and he looks that jacked. I know. <laughs> he was tan a little bit. He would be fucking yoked. He's more pale than I am, and I have never had muscle definition, even in the peak of my athletic career. 
Oh, in any case, uh, these heavyweights are just uh, exchanging hands. It's pretty much a straight boxing match in MMA gloves. Oh, there was a leg kick. It was a high kick. Kind of. It was kind of a high kick. Kind <laughs> of a high kick. It had the it's intention of a high kick. So. Uh, anybody out there who uh, is listening and wants to Google what? Is anyone listening? Do we know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got... We've we've got a bunch of people in here. A anybody who wants to list uh, Google what uh, Sakai's ethnicity is, please let us know. Yeah, look it up. I don't know why Ivanov to me always looks like super fucking worried. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> like like someone's gonna show up and be like. You are child support. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. Not where I thought you were going to go with that, but <laughs> I'm glad you did. Um, all right. So that was the end of round one. Blagoy even off in Augusta Sakai. Um, if we had any viewers, they're gone now. But if oh, anybody man. can tell us Sakai's ethnicity in the comments, we'd appreciate it. All right, we got it. Mark Fellows looked it up. He's Japanese and Brazilian. Ah, Japanese and Brazilian. That's a that's a My deadly God. combination right there. Machida. Is is Machida Japanese also? Yeah. Oh, I'm all right. Sure. I'm pretty sure his father's Japanese because we hung out with them once, and the father's like my height and like a super old school Japanese. Really? Yeah. Did you see him or his father drink their own urine? No, I didn't. All right. Are you a believer I don't know in that? If they were drinking their urine at that time. I I know uh I know you're you're big into holistic medicine. Are you believe in drinking your own urine? Uh, there's a time and a place for everything, and that time and place is not all the time. <laughs> um. But so there are some benefits to it. Um, are there? There are. Yeah, there are. Are and there benefits that you can't get from drinking like watermelon juice or like coconut water? <laughs> okay, so apparently your urine has uric acid in it, uh, which has some benefits. But uh -huh. apparently urine is also sterile, especially your own for you. So there's no harmful effect from doing it. That's what Rip Torn said in Dodgeball. Oh, really? So, I mean, there's a time and a place where it might be feasible to do it. I personally don't. But I'm not really going to judge someone. If you do it to excess, there's a lot of issues that can come along with it. Oh, this is a judgment-free zone. We're not judging yeah, anybody. There's a lot of issues that can come along with it. Also, if you do it to excess. More As with any... Yeah. So, uh, I he wasn't at I never seen that happen, but I'm not averse to it. I think th there would be a situation where you might need to do it. So if he just medicine. if he just filled up a cup right in front of you and starts chugging his own piss, you you would just like talk to him like nothing was happening. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> not really, Jeff. What's your take on this? I mean, listen. We just gotta, lost everybody. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I was watching the fight. Ivanov is throwing a nice streak. 
Nice straight left. I mean, I gotta, I got, I'd have to be in like one of those survival situations yeah. to to do it. But you know, uh, I forgot who said this. Bill, you might have told me this. That don't you like lose a lot of stuff that you pee out, like that stuff that your body's not absorbing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then just like drink more of whatever you were drinking in the first place. Second chance to reabsorb it. Yeah, yeah there you go. I guess. Uh, that, that's why, like, um, using good head control, like using his head well here. Yeah, he has a nice on the hook position. I actually think he should wrestle more. Well, according to our uh, our buddy Mark Ooh, in Australia, he was born in Curitiba. Um, so he's got to have some grappling, although he is a knockout artist. Yeah, he was born in Brazil. He gives you some grappling skill, I think. He's yeah, I think it's like and a little shadiness. I think you're born a purple belt if you're born in Brazil. I think that's just the way. Well, that's a that gets to be a, a little prejudice there. Oh, is it? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little. I used to train with um, Rodrigo Gracie when I first started. Matt Sarah and Rodrigo Gracie had a school together. Uh huh. In Valley Stream, Long Island. And then they also always taught back and forth at Henzo's, too. Mm hmm. So, yeah, Rodrigo, out of his mind, dude. So funny. Instead of buying crash pads, he bought a Terminator arcade game. <laughs> nice. He was like, man, do you want $700 crash pads? I was like, yeah, you know, we should have them in the school. We got a wrestling class. We had Jay Haran doing wrestling. He's like, nah, fuck it, right? Okay. I go in. He has the Terminator 3, like, arcade game. Or Terminator 2, whatever it was. Yeah, it was 2000, right? And he's like, man, I got a great deal. It was only three grand. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Why do we have pinball machines? Hey, so who is the first person to get thrown into the pinball machine? <laughs> no, I mean, we played it a lot. That, that pinball machine stood pretty good. You know, we could have put heavy bags back there. But uh, then we got a Spider-Man pinball machine, too. <laughs> <laughs> we really like video games. Um, did this gym make money? <laughs> Or somehow or we had, I mean, in 2003, we had like 70 students somehow. Crazy. Uh, that's pretty good. All right. So it looked yeah, like. Uh, day, yeah. And then Lindbergh. It went, yeah. I mean, he was doing all right. Even off uh, wound up on top for the latter part of that round. And then uh, yeah, the guy wound up getting up right at the end of the round. <laughs> Let, tell me his name right now, because I know it's not on the screen. Tell me his name, Animal. Ivanov. <laughs> See, I got it. Ivanov. Yeah. That is it, right? Yeah, that's a, that, that's close enough. We'll take yeah, it. Rachmaninoff. So. <laughs> Blagoy Rachmaninoff. Um, <laughs> if you guys are just joining us, we're watching UFC on ESPN 9. Uh, Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. We're at the co-main event right now. Lagoy even off Augusto Sakai. We got Jeff the Animal Wilson. We got John the Manimal Benaducci. We're just giving our 
under the influence, over the top and under the influence commentary. Speaking of which, if you guys want to get a hold of a MMA on the Rocks t-shirt, you can do so. Click the link on my Instagram or the pinned tweet on my Twitter and uh, go ahead and order yourself an over the top, under the influence Twitter um, t-shirt. I, I got distracted because I saw even off landing a nasty uh, back fist right there. I tell you what, his straight left has been great too, even off. These are just even off kind of fights. Just, left. If anything, I think Sakai should be pushing the grappling. Yeah. Well, we've we've seen, you know, Evenov has been the only one on top in a grappling exchange here. That's true. But this is just Evenov's kind of fight. You know, I hit you, you hit me, and they go back and forth, rock'em sock'em robot style. And uh, that's that's the way he operates. That's the way he fights. And How it's won him some. It's lost him some. Ooh, that was a good little evasion. That's a good little evasion. I like that. From the kick. If you guys are just joining us and uh, you want to sync up, we're in round three. Blagoy even off Augusto Sakai, four minutes, nine seconds. Oh, you're 10 seconds behind me. That's right. Yeah, we established that like 40 minutes ago. That was a long period ago. But I... it only felt like that to you, Manimal. <laughs> yeah. Was that before the Billy Q fight? Way before. Yeah. Yeah, that Alejandro Billy Q fight happening right. right now somewhere. Alejandro wants to know. What a great fight. Yeah, fight dude. yeah, that Billy Q fight felt like it was like five minutes, dude. They were just flying at each other. The pace, crazy pace. We've yeah. had a lot of discussion about time and space and the universe. And uh, sorry, I'm high as a kite. Are you? I'm, I'm in outer space. <laughs> I'm talking to you about outer space because that's where I'm at. I'm just telling you what's around me. All right. Well, you know, let us know what's going on out there. <sighs> you don't want to know. <laughs> 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 well, is dangerous. well here on earth i uh i finished my beer and i poured myself a scotch like a really i finished it actually. um well, hold on there's a word of wisdom on here what is it so th these mead cans have a quote from the hava odin's text of uh proverbs uh-huh mocking a guest creates the foe. So, like, a lot of them are about hospitality. Okay. Never, if someone's your guest, yeah, always be courteous to them, right? Never mock a guest. Then you make an enemy. Just simple. You just have simple quotes. So, is it? Are you trying to tell me something about me breaking your balls on my podcast? <laughs> no, I I like ball busting. Ball oh, busting. Okay. You know we're friends. So if that guys that can't bust each other's balls. They're not friends. Okay, so I'm, I'm still being courteous then to my guest. Yeah, that's a fact of life, man. It's true for guys. Anyway, I don't. I can't speak for everyone. For me and my boys, if we can't bust each other's balls, then we're not really friends. That's the basis of Jeff and I's relationship. I think it's all we do. Yeah. I always say, Manimal, for – Usually for like 15, 20 minutes after every podcast, Jeff and I stay on the video and just say the most heinous shit to each other. 
And I always say we should make like a Patreon account of like the bonus content after, but like we would get kicked off the internet, I think. Yeah, and then we couldn't run for uh, for like political office. Were you thinking about it? I was. That's already <laughs> that's already out the window for us. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where I could win a political office. Maybe on Fight Island. <laughs> Yeah, you, I mean, could be, you could be the mayor. mayor. Governor Governor Manimal of Fight governor Island. <laughs> I like Senator Manimal better. Well, I don't know if you could be a senator because the Senate <laughs> is the United States appointment and Fight Island I don't think is part of the United States, but you could govern it. Like governors exist anywhere. Governor of Fight Island. <clears throat> Mayor, Chancellor. <laughs> the Duke, the Duke of Fight Island. We have a, a feudal system here. I, the King, you're the Duke. I like Chancellor Manimal. <laughs> uh, Chancellor Manimal, what do you think we should do about the coronavirus in Fight Island? <laughs> I say we give them coronavirus and then see how they fight. I don't what <laughs> handicap them. <laughs> before we get them all drunk, see how you perform. Then the next week we get them high, and we do that every week. Give them a different handicap. <laughs> I don't think there would be anybody left. You know what I always think is legitimately crazy, though? You ever go back recently? I've been watching the early, early UFCs. I love doing old school fight companions. And I love just watching the old fights. When they would fight three times in a night, I mean, that's wilder than anything I'm saying. Like, those fights were wild. No way to prepare for them, even though the skill level was disparate. Uh-huh. I mean, those guys were fighting three times a night. Those old-school hook-and-shoot fights, too. I sound like I have COVID-19. Now I have uh, COVID-9000. Like this is the comment of the night. Shout-out yeah. to Marilyn. Who says Manimal sounds like he has the COVID nineteen? <laughs> I am in New York, but no, I think I'm way past that point. <laughs> um, I I just gotta say, you're officially the worst chancellor ever. <laughs> you like give everybody coronavirus, then get them drunk, and then get them high, and then make them fight, and then see what happens. See who's left. <laughs> Let's see how this plays out. How many? I don't I, I can't name another chancellor from history. I know you're a history guy, Manimal, so you can name a dozen of them. But you don't like, want to. I think I think you're officially the worst. I don't <laughs> think it, so. You've been chancellor for five minutes, and you already killed fifty people. <laughs> and there was only forty nine people there. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was a ginger. <laughs> So, so they don't they don't die. They have they're already undead. Hold on. <laughs> oh, well, shout out to Marilyn. 
Marilyn Seachin. I hope I'm pronouncing your name. Thanks, Marilyn. Marilyn, I hope you know I do this all in the interest of comedy. Uh, if, if if people who are just joining, Manuel, where can they find more of your comedy out on the, the internet here? <laughs> Guys, at Manimal John, I actually slacked a little bit last week, but you know what? Maybe I didn't slack. Maybe I was just working underground. Or maybe last week is just a figment of your imagination. I mean, I might not even be here right now. So well, I do like, I will say, first of all, follow me at Animal John, all five viewers. Uh, and then I do like that they're doing this in the Apex Center. Mm -hmm. It looks preposterous in a 15,000-seat arena. Like at the Apex Center with the, the way they do the interviews, it looks a little smoother. It looks a lot cleaner, and then they got nice warm-up spaces for everybody because they can yeah, go. The While yeah. we were talking about yeah. Chancellor, uh, Augusto Sakai came away with the decision victory there for, for the record. What decision? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it. He was he was pushing the action. He was pressuring a little bit more. He was pushing even off up against the cage. Even oh. off did, did have that nice single leg in the second round and finished on top. I would probably give the second round to him. One and three, flip a coin. Do you think they really liked this also? Did they have him separate to interview him? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's better, it's safer than DC getting in the cage and putting his arm around the guy. Um, but I just hope they're sanitizing that headset after everything. <laughs> what does it matter if they're all tested anyway? That's true. But yeah, but I don't want to be wearing somebody else's sweat, I don't think. You know, yeah. just, just I mean, take like a whole white and just. Listen, jujitsu, I mean, I feel like I'm accustomed to so much man sweat. Oh yeah, that's true. There's so much sweat on me. That's true. All right, Mark. Prediction from Mark. Yeah, let's start with you, Manimal. What do you got? Who you got in the main event? Fuck, I've been tossing this around in my head all day, and uh, I'd like to see Burns by submission. I love jujitsu. So that's what you'd like to see. Is that also your prediction? For some reason, I have a feeling Woodley's gonna take it. But uh, I'd like to see Burns take it. I'd like to see Burns get a submission. Like Jeff, what do you got here? Oh, uh, dude, that's a tough call, man. I I like Gilbert Burns too, man. He's just always game for everybody. But uh, I'm with Manimal on this one. I can see Woodley winning this one, but I do want Burns to win. Yeah, it, it's hard not to root for Gilbert Burns, right? Because he's just such a game competitor. He'll step up and do anything. You know, name the rule set, and Gilbert Burns is there. He shows up. Um, on paper, Tyron Woodley is better everywhere except for jujitsu. Um, you know, he's got the more powerful strikes. He's got the cleaner boxing. He's got the better wrestling. Um, you know, Gilbert Burns is world class on the ground. But what it's going to come down to, I think, is who's the hungrier fighter? Who wants this more? You know, does Tyron Woodley want to get back to that title more, or does Gilbert Burns want to get to it for the first time more? Um, and I'm leaning towards the latter. I don't see how Gilbert wins because his his biggest advantage is on the ground, and good luck taking Tyron Woodley down. Um, I drop him. He could. Yeah, you know, he's got some wild striking. 
you know, he, he doesn't care to throw some unorthodox strikes because he's not worried about getting taken down. Taken down. Um, yeah, I, I mean, as far as the X factor of headspace goes, I would have to lean towards Gilbert as far as what we've seen lately, because the last time we saw Tyron Woodley, you know, he just wasn't in it mentally, uh, and admitted as much himself. So, um, Mark also wants to know, did Woodley look smaller or skinnier to you? I did think he looked pretty lean at the weigh-ins, you know, usually even at the weigh-ins, he looks a little bit thicker. Um, probably didn't have, wasn't able to train as much. Like he might be a guy who's naturally skinny, he has a fast metabolism. So if he can't like work out, he might get smaller instead of like most guys who I mean, I know me, I get bigger, not smaller. And I'm not training, but some guys do lose muscle I, in that sense. I think you're in good company, Manimal. I think uh <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish I had that problem. We all put yeah, on the COVID nineteen number one. I didn't realize he was still ranked one. Yeah, I was surprised at that too. I because th- I thought uh, I thought he was beefing with Dana White, so I would have thought that they lowered his ranking a little bit. I don't think I don't think Dana really cares what the rankings say, or or has a say in them. Um, Manimal, yeah. I got a question for you. What do you think of the smaller cage? Do you think it? gives any advantages to anybody or any particular style? What do you think? I always believe that the smaller space always favors the grappler. It's always been my belief. You mm-hmm. fight a guy in a small cage, he goes to get away from you, boom, we on the, I'm a, on top of you. So I, I think the small cage does favor the grappler. Uh, funny enough, that's a 25-foot then the 30 foot's the bigger cage, but mm-hmm. they use both at the UFCs. Mm. They bring out the 25 foot cage a lot of times, especially for fight nights. It's oh. not like that's a new phenomenon. Yeah, it's just usually not a talking point like it is now. Well, yeah. But now it's always going to be the 25 foot cage if you're at the apex. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I All think right. Toys cage is 28 feet. I think they just settled on one. Yeah, like one circular one. Yeah, um, I would like to see statistics on, um, you know, what Khabib has done inside the twenty-five foot cage because I imagine a guy like him who thrives on that up against the cage, drag you into the fifth pit of hell. Um, that kind of style uh, would would greatly be benefited because Khabib's not going to take you down in open space and. You know, five extra feet is a lot of open space. Yeah, I don't know if you guys... What size the Bellator cage is. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw this in the in the in one of the interviews leading up to this, but Gilbert Burns was talking about how in the beginning he didn't like jujitsu that much, but he liked competing. Dude, that, I, I think that speaks volumes, man. He's such a competitor that he was like, you know what? I'm going to keep working at this and get good at it and enjoy it. Is this true? I Googled it, and someone says that the Bellator cage is 36 feet across, but I don't think so. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it does look bigger, but I don't know. I Of the three of us, John, you're the only one that's been inside of it. So it's both. I mean, I haven't fought in the UFC, but I've been in the UFC cage. 
Yeah. You, know, like you go to test it out. So is the Bellator cage seem bigger to you? Not that much bigger. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot bigger. 36 feet and 30 feet. One 750 square feet, the other 1,018 square feet. Yeah. Like a lot. Well. I don't know. I got to do some further research into this. It, well, if anybody out there watching can can find the answer or it happens to know. I mean, know that's it. where I found that, but I don't believe it. Let us know. In the meantime, I, I'm going to entrust this podcast to the, the animal and the manimal for a, a quick uh, breaking of the seal. You better hurry. So you guys talk it out. Yeah, I'm going to get it done before this main event. So it's going to be the manimal and the animal show. Good luck, folks. All right. Last fight. My wife's like, <laughs> am I loud? I woke you up, my bad. <laughs> hey, it happens. Manimal, do you remember the IFL? Did you ever watch that when you were younger? I love IFL. That's the time of my first career. So I used to train in Long Island with Jay Heron. He was the IFL 170. Did they call that middleweight? Or did they call that welterweight? I think they might have called it middleweight at the time. I don't remember. But he was that champ. Oh, that's awesome, dude. In uh, IFL. I like the way they did it. I would love to see someone bring back that concept. Yeah, and yeah. I always thought the team's thing was doing. so cool. I guess PFL's kind of doing that, right? Yeah. Perhaps they gave a guy a base salary. Mm. And then they gave them, like, the only thing is it did it, the team aspect. Yeah. Didn't matter. Like, if there could be a way to make that matter, because I always – my goal is always how do you make MMA a sport on par with NFL, NBA? Like, how do you get a mixed martial arts league, whatever that looks like, to make as much money, bring in as much business as uh, NFL? Yeah. You, know, yeah, I like. you need, like, some team concept. Kind of too, right? Because you can't rely on any one fighter's career. Like you might root for a particular team, even if you're not super familiar with that team's fighters at the time. Yeah. Where yeah. There's no cat. Like it's hard to be the casual fan of a team. You're a casual fan of the UFC, and you kind of know some of the guys. But for it to be a mainstream sport, you have to like a like team does that make sense yeah no i hear you dude and that that's why i thought the ifl was so cool man because you had like you said you had the different teams New York uh, versus arizona yeah yeah have the coaches fight each other which was cool do you remember henzo called pat militish and a guillotine choke yeah 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 and then i think henzo for carlos newton mm-hmm. that too they were great coach versus coach fights yeah those were great too. The old school. like, yo, he is another legend. You guys can fight, and whatever happens doesn't diminish either one of you guys. Yeah, because you're both legends, mm-hmm. right? Like when you have like what the UFC loves to do is feed a legend to like an up and comer. Yeah, that's what they love to do. I mean, you, yeah. can, you see that all the time. 
The IFL was awesome. Um, where where they made the mistake was it, as far as their business model because the the fighters were salaried, um, so they would get a paycheck every month, which was great. Uh, in theory, it's a it's a great idea, like communism. You know, on paper, it's awesome, but too easily corrupted. Uh, so what would happen was because those fighters were getting the steady paychecks, they would just pull out of fights mm. all the time. So it was costing the company so much money to pay these guys who weren't fighting. And it was the wrong time frame. Yeah. It was too it, early. It was, it was ahead of its time. It was a great concept. Um, I think they just needed like a little bit better of a business model and it, it probably would have worked out. Um, and we're watching the, the former champ Tyron Woodley walk out right now. He looks super focused. For those of you just joining, we're watching UFC on ESPN 9. We got Jeff the Animal Wilson. We got John the Manimal Benaducci, New Jersey and Brooklyn and Florida in the house. Uh, if you want to sync up with us, watch the fights with us, or just let us know what you're drinking out there if you're not watching the fights. In either case, we're having a good time here. Hope you guys are as well. Thanks for tuning in. See, we got a bunch more people joining in for the main event here. Uh, let us know your predictions as well. What else? Uh, say the scrap finna be good, but I don't know who thinks it. Yo, look at how fucking thick Tyrone Woodley's ass is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> that's good. No, that that's where your punching power comes from. Punching power really comes from your glute connectivity. <laughs> power from the earth. And you gotta that with your glute. So I mean punching power is is very closely related to glute strength. And I, I think of this thing, coach. In in four years of podcasting, I I never thought I'd be having the conversation about uh, a man's junk in the trunk being rooted to his punching power. But hey, you're the professional, Manimal. So it's I, true. it's his ass. Punching power comes from the floor. You are you are more of a fighter than I will ever be. I understand and a lot glute, of things conceptually. Your glute is. If not your largest single muscle, one of the largest single muscles in your body. Well, for me, it's the second largest, but. Is it this muscle? <laughs> well, we no. your brain. It's my brain. Manimal, get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> Talking about my brain, of course. You my brain is now saturated with scotch. <clears throat> Who shake Tyrone Woodley up? Do you think he had a barber with him? Do you think one of his cornermen did it? I mean, he I imagine. I imagine if you're the former UFC champ of the world, you can get a barber to come to your house during quarantine. You can arrange for that. Are places open in Vegas? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'd be the worst post-fight interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Who did you shape up? With I need to shape I mean, it's a great question. I mean, Gilbert Burns is looking good, too. Yeah, he looks pretty sharp. But I know barbershops are open in Florida, so. <laughs> Her team didn't get the shape up. Well, 
I don't think Herb Dean's had a shape up in in many years because he he rocks some beautiful dreadlocks there. Uh, in any case, this main event's about to get underway. Uh, thanks for everybody for uh, joining us here on this brawl crawl fight companion, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I'm excited for this main event. It yeah, it should be five rounds. They're just introducing Gilbert here, fighting out of Boca Raton, Florida, the east coast of Florida. <clears throat> I was surprised to see that they were pretty comparable in size during the weigh-ins. Um, uh, Gilbert even looked a little bit taller. I don't know if if Tyron was was slouching a little bit. Tyron, uh, I think he's short. I think he's five eight, five nine. Five yeah, nine, I have him listed at, which means he's five eight. <laughs> yeah, they they do tend to give that little bit of a buffer, don't they? Yeah, you give him a buff. All right, so they got him at five nine. Five nine with his shoes on. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I always do my height with my shoes on. So what do you what do you uh, build as, dude? I'm building five five, but I'm probably shorter, right? I don't know. I, I mean, who gives a fuck? I, I I've seen you in person. I'd say five five is pretty accurate. Yeah. Maybe resume shoes off. I'm about five six myself. I wasn't much taller than you. Yeah. We were pretty pretty close in height. What about my density? I think more about density than size. Yeah, you're pretty dense. Yeah, I think I <laughs> I, I think all three of us are pretty dense. Anyway, this uh <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong, Bill. Yeah, none of us are gonna float very well. In any case, we're underway with this main event here that I'm super excited for. I How think the other announcer needs to get better clothing. He's got Bruce Buffer style. Yeah, man, he got his suit at Coles, I think. <laughs> but Woodley, I mean, he hasn't fought in a little bit, right? Not since he fought Kamara Usman. A little slow. Yeah. Well, he burns his on him. Well, Woodley is always Woodley's always a counter striker, so he's gonna wait for you to make the first. Oh, oh shit! Burns dropped him. black belt. Man, now you're underneath a high level. I mean, Woodley's a black belt himself, but you know, there's levels to this. He's mounted by Gilbert Burns right now. Who is Tyrone Woodley's already doing the number one sin of being mounted. His knees are pointing to the ceiling. That's the biggest sin. If they're the hell of jujitsu, that's the fucking ninth level of jujitsu hell. <laughs> Even your knees are up like that, and the guy can grapevine under your legs. That's the yeah. ninth level of jujitsu hell. Just fucking kill me there. Like, look what you did. You just left your knees up so the guy could hook under you and you could get sucked there. Yeah, I like, mean... That it's the biggest sin in jiu-jitsu. In MMA jiu-jitsu, it's the biggest sin to me. Yeah, it's one of them for sure. Um, it, and again, you know, world champion black belt. Oh, he's already cut, man. Oh, yeah, we'll be real bloodied up right now. This is not looking good for the former champ. Not looking good for Woodley. Gilbert Burns staying composed. I want to see. 
He's going for that guillotine. Is he going to try and finish this guillotine with one arm right here? No. We we saw it earlier tonight, man. We did, didn't we? We haven't yeah. talked about any of the prelims yet. Yeah, it was Connor Casey. Prelims are pretty good, actually. Yeah, prelims are excellent, great, dude. Caitlin looks phenomenal. We got a very surprising fight, and I got to say, Manimal, you called it because I said I don't know how Gilbert Burns get him gets him down, and you said he could drop him, and that's what happened. Well, yeah, be all over him. Yeah. Sometimes future. What? I said you saw the future, despite your disbelief in time. You predicted the future. Future is right now. <laughs> and it's right. Now and right Ooh. now, right okay. now. now, let's see. Is he gonna get discouraged? Yeah, you gotta wonder if he will overwhelm him again. Oh, and Woodley oh, just nice. reversed him and got up. So, is he gonna be able to keep his composure now? I mean, there, there's no doubting that Tyron Woodley has the heart of a champion because he's been a champion. Um, there, there's no quit in that guy. So, uh, I mean, there's the only question has been his motivation going into this. You know, does he really want to be in there? Is what He's it comes down to. Him in against the cage, Woodley. So Woodley has something that he likes to do, where he goes back to the cage and plants his rear foot, mm -hmm. and then tries to spring out attack. So watch, he's trying to lure him back to the cage. Yeah, and he waits for guys to rush in recklessly and like Josh can come back hard. Mm -hmm. So that's very nice. It's probably his best technique this year. When he's having trouble finding his range on someone, he likes to back up to the cage and plan. So he yeah. Boy, he did it with Josh Koscheck. It doesn't work good against a wrestler. That's why it didn't work great against Usman. Because instead of Usman looking to strike, he just – Clinched, and then you mm -hmm. can wear him down, and then it makes this less effective. Yeah, but when I he mean, closer, it looks like he's having a little trouble finding his range. So this makes it good. It's like, okay, I know where you are because you had to come towards me in order to. Yeah. Hit me. So you have. So I. It's easier to know when someone's in your range if you're looks having range issues. Gilbert is doing a good job at timing that overhand Lee is going for, and, it, and he's staying just out of range of it. That's nasty. Look at it. Yeah, that's a bad oh, cut right over the left eyebrow. It doesn't look like the blood's going in his eye, which is a good thing, but it's still a really bad look. Um, definitely lost the round. Um, so I, I gotta say it's one, nothing Gilbert, uh, Woodley's eyes just look like he's not even there right now. Yeah. He looks like he's working on his next rap album, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, not a great, not a great round for the former champ. Man, his his eyes just look vacant. It just looks like he's not even, like he's not even there. He's not present. Yeah, but Tyron Woodley always looks like that. That's true. That's true. 
I gotta say, I'm not a fan of the tweets popping up in the middle of the fight. All right. Um, big first round for Gilbert Burns and a big gash over the eyebrow of Tyron Woodley. I can't believe that's not bleeding. All right, we got round number two underway. If you're just joining us, main event, UFC on ESPN 9, Woodley and Gilbert Burns, round number two. We're at four minutes, 30 seconds right now if you want to sync up with us. If not, that's cool. Leave in the comments what you're drinking out there. We always love hearing that during the show. And Gilbert Burns taking control of the octagon again here in this second round. Now, we know Woodley's a counterfighter, but... He hasn't been able to do much so far. Definitely Burns won the first round. Maybe even 10-8. But I'd say 10-9. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, a 10-8 would be understandable since he had him on the ground. The big the cut. Um, you know, dropped him with the big shots. You, you know, Herb Dean was taking a close look with some of those hammer fists. But I would agree with you, and I would score it a 10-9. For Gilbert in that first as well. Nice high kick from Gilbert right there. He's really mixing up his striking. His striking is looking a lot cleaner. I believe he's been working with Henry Hooft lately. Oh, yeah. Gilbert fainting a lot. He's making he's making Tyron react. It looks like he's got Tyron's timing down. Uh, Gilbert's looking good in there. What are you thinking, Jeff? Uh, dude, Burns is looking great, man. Uh, he is showing no fear in front of Tyron Woodley. And you got to give it to him, dude. Um, you know, I, I didn't think it would be going like this. I didn't think we'd see such a tentative Tyron oh, Woodley. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Great take Gilbert, down. Gilbert, yeah. Looks, Gilbert looks to be the... The quicker fighter. Oh, man. Yeah, Gilbert Burns is taking it to him, man. This is looking bad for Woodley. Yeah. He hit a nice, it was like a hybrid body lock double leg. Yeah, he went high on it. Yeah. Yeah, he caught him like high. It was like a double leg entry, but then he finished with the body lock. That was really nice. He's looking to tie him up on the ground. He's doing the right things here. Yeah, dude, that level change was great. Yeah, I think that's what threw that's what threw Woodley off. That's why he was able to finish it because he thought Gilbert was changing levels, and then he came back up high and and just took him off his feet when his his feet were off the ground to sprawl. That was perfect. Woodley cage walking, trying to get back up here, and Gilbert throwing some. Gilbert has good head pressure. He's using his head. Yeah. I mean, that's a a world-class grappler right there. Yeah, that's good religion. Always look to, whenever you can, it's always good to use your head like another hand. Mm -hmm. Nice. Good scramble. But this also can be getting Woodley very tired. Yeah. Yeah. Typically the move of a wrestler. Typically you see wrestlers using their head a lot more than than traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. Um, 
I mean, there's no reason not to. There isn't, but um, you, you know, it, it, there's it, nothing in jujitsu that says it's prohibited. No, it's not prohibited. It's just not. I, I find it's not that typical. I find it's more yeah. prevalent with wrestlers. You know why? Because they think it's kind of a dick move sometimes. But if a guy's trying to break my ankle and tear my knee apart, that's a dick move. That's more dick move than me putting my head on your head. Mm-hmm. I mean, just saying, like, the nature of jujitsu is, I mean. Yeah. Whereas in, and I had this problem transitioning into jujitsu as well, because in wrestling, you tend to lean your head against each other, uh, head to shoulder, a lot of a lot of pressure leading with the head, and yeah, some jujitsu guys find that like insulting, I guess. Insulting, I guess. Yeah, I don't understand it. Because for MMA jujitsu, why? That's what you want to do. All right, few rounds down. I mean, that round was a little closer. Uh, yeah, but definitely still, definitely still for Gilbert. I I got it two nothing. Gilbert, he had that takedown. He was controlling the octagon. I mean, Woodley finished with him up against the cage, but that's pretty much all he did in that round. How do you got it, Jeff? Yeah, I got it two rounds for Burns. Yeah, exciting fight so far. I mean, definitely not the way I saw it going. I thought we would see. I guess I was hoping to see a hungrier Tyron Woodley in there, maybe a little bit more aggressive, and, and that would have would have been uh, an exciting fight. But still exciting seeing Gilbert Burns, you know, putting the pace on Tyron Woodley here, looking good against a former champ. I'd like to see Woodley come back in this round. Yeah, I'd like to see it be competitive. That would be fun. Yeah, and Mark uh, Fellows commented on here, and I agree with him, that I think this is Burns' first five-rounder, so, you know, cardio is going to come into play here. And, Mark, I agree with you 100%. I'm curious to see how Burns handles it, having to go those two extra rounds. Well, Burns looks like he's taking a stroll down the beach, whereas Woodley is kind of sucking wind in the corner right now. Um, So that could speak volumes, but... You know, Woodley is a guy who can explode at any minute. You know, we saw him explode at round four against Steven Thompson when he hardly did anything the entire fight um, and, and almost knock him out. You know, yeah. he's just got that kind of that kind of natural power that could put an end to things at any moment. And they put a good amount of Vaseline over that eye for him. So he lucked out there. Yeah, what's, uh, what's the regulation there, Manimal? Is that... That, Fuckery, that's the regulation. Does that I look like a... all different regulate? I I've been in have different regulation between fights. Like let's say you put one guy's face a certain way, he goes out, he fights, and then another guy's a certain way, and I know it's no good. Mm. It's very who knows what you're looking at when the light is on it. It's really just a judgment call by the athletic commissioner or the ref. Have you ever seen it where they like wouldn't allow it, wouldn't allow next round to start? Like, hold on, you put too much Vaseline on this guy and somebody stepped in? Okay. And backstage. So some places, like it doesn't happen in UFC because they put the Vaseline on you before you go into the cage. Uh huh. Like your first coat of Vaseline is by the the guy who checks you. Mm-hmm. But in the small shows, they let 
the corn they make the corner man do it. And then a guy watches you and then there's they're a pain in the ass. Hmm. I'm like, why don't you just do it if you're gonna be a pain in my balls about how I do it? <laughs> <laughs> some good striking exchanges in this round. They both landed some hard overhands and like neither one of them seemed to be phased. So we yeah. know both of these guys can take a shot. Woodley hit him in the kidney and he responded. Yeah, and Woodley is looking a lot more active this round. So I don't know if maybe he took that second round off a little bit. Uh, I feel like he's done that a few times, especially against Steven Thompson. Yeah, Woodley's one of those guys that like watch out. That left hook of Gilbert Burns is coming is coming in a little bit. Woodley will make you feel almost like he's falling asleep in there. And then you he he makes you make mistakes and then he jumps all over them. That's just the way Tyron Woodley fights. And he's been very successful at it. World champion, in fact. You know, if he didn't lose that Usman fight, he could have been making a case for best welterweight. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but after I, that Usman fight, I mean, then. But if you notice, Gilbert's starting to drop his hands now. He's starting to get a little too comfortable with with the the – the rate at which he's able to touch Woodley um, and he's taking his hands down, which is not something you want to do against a power puncher like Tyron Woodley. I'd like to see Woodley bring an uppercut in here. I know he likes to overhand, right? But I'd love to see him throw an uppercut. It looks like there's a, a little opportunity for it. I'm surprised to see Gilbert having the quicker hands and the cleaner striking here. Um, he he's looking good. We've seen him be a little bit reckless with his striking in the past. So good too. Yeah, his kicks look real clean. I think it's because he cut his shorts up really high, and that makes you automatically want to kick more, which makes you kick better. His kicks look fast, right? His kicks coming out fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta watch that left hook. That's what I was saying before. Left hook, right kick. It's a basic combo, but at the high level, it, I mean, everything, the basics are the best. He's, he's going left hook, right kick, right kick, left hook. He's able to get in the pocket with that left hook so fast, too. And then he backs right out immediately because he knows how dangerous Tyron is up against that cage, like you were saying, Manimal. Yeah, he plants that back foot. And Gilbert is seeing him planting that foot, too, and then he's staying – but when a guy knows you do that, it's a tra it's a trap. If he knows you're trying to trap him, it's hard to get trapped. Like he's trying to lure you in, and if you're not, you know, you have to take the bait. Mm -hmm. Yep, and Gilbert's not taking the bait. He's not taking the bait. <clears throat> he's seeing everything. I got it. I got it. Three to three to nothing. For Gilbert, you know, Tyron's gonna have to Tyron's gonna have to pull a rabbit out of the hat here. Yeah, Burns' footwork and his striking are looking better every time he's in that cage, man. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, he's cleaned it up a lot. I think working with Henry Hooft has has helped. Oh, Manimal, I thought you were going to get yourself another mead, and you come back with a bottled water. I'm not much of a drinker. 
What are you doing on this podcast, sir? What? <laughs> what are you doing on this podcast? Seven uh, on the rocks. A little bit, but I can be a dick when I drink. So, well, we encourage that too. I'm already a dick. You want me more of a dick? You want me less of a dick? Yes, I want you at at full dick, full hard on, raging. <laughs> yeah, you could be flaccid. It doesn't matter. All right, Pablo wants to know what round it is. It's round four, buddy. We in there. <laughs> we in there. Longer. They said this was going to end at 11.30. Can I get a quicker card? <laughs> this is a fucking Call of Duty 7. You know, I've it's thought so about quick. moving to Las Vegas just so just so the UFC cards would end earlier. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a good idea. Mark is disappointed that only 33.33% of the MMA on the Rocks hosts are drinking. <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, Mark, I'm drinking enough for the three of us, I think. I had a drink. I think about leaving New York sometimes, especially now that it's a police state. Yeah, I well, think about leaving Jersey all the time just because it sucks most of the time. Yeah, Jersey sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Jersey yeah. does suck. I I lived there for two years myself, and I gotta say, um, like New York at least has some redeeming qualities, like pizza. Pizza, uh, you can get anything you want, anytime you want. Henzo's, Law, all the best places to train and eat. You know, Jersey has. The Jersey Shore, which almost nullifies itself. <laughs> almost zero. Yeah, after that TV show came out, I stopped going to the beach. I was like, I can't do this in good conscience. Good move. And we got, uh, so if you're joining us, we got round number four of the uh, welterweight main event here. We're three minutes, 14 seconds. It's round number four. Tyra Woodley, Gilbert Burns. A uh, little bit of a grappling exchange up against the cage. Burns was pushing Woodley up. Now Woodley reversed, and he's holding Gilbert Burns up against the cage. Isn't Woodley a wrestler? I yes, sir. Really. Yes, he is. You should just push him against the cage a little more and try to beat him up in the clinch. He looked, even though they weren't in a clinch a lot, he didn't get hit at all. He had no range problem. Woodley might want to become a clinch-based fighter. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I mean, if he can clinch and then throw like body shots and knees, that might be a better strategy for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because he had a little bit of success, even though it was a lot. I look, you know, I'm an optimist, right? I make the best of every situation. I'm trying to see the best things he's doing and be like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, just really beating him to the punch. Yeah. The the game plan doesn't seem to be working that well. The game plan doesn't seem to be existing here, Bill. He's kind of just go out there and do whatever comes naturally. Oh, and now Burns is feeling confident. Yeah, Burns has been using his jab really well too, man. So he waited until he was hurt to wrestle. Oh, Burns has dropped him. And now Woodley's wrestling. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Now he's wrestling. 
But now he's hurt, so he's going through his instincts here. He was all American at Missouri. For anybody who was wondering, was is Tyron Woodley uh, came up short uh, twice in the national championships as well, I believe. Uh, anybody, feel free to correct me on that. But yeah, Woodley still looks a little rocked here, and Gilbert got him down. Bad news if you're Tyron Woodley, man. Because like, why not use your wrestling when you're fresh? <sighs> Well, he used his wrestling when he was hurt. Obviously, his instinct is to do that. I I tend to agree with Justin Gaethje's philosophy on that because he's been fighting for a long time. Justin Gaethje, another All-American wrestler. He knows the energy it takes to grapple, and he knows the energy it takes to strike, and he has the ability to knock people out. If it takes less energy to knock somebody out, like why not do that instead of grapple? I think Woodley has a similar approach. I'm not one to talk because Justin Gates, you would probably knock me out in like a minute. But as a grappler, I think it just gives you more options as a striker. I I think you should always try to grapple a little bit because it gives the guy something else to worry about. And then it might make it very easy for you to take a guy down then. And then if you start doing – if you take a guy down, he gets back up, and it becomes easier for you to do what you want to do. Why not? Wow, Gilbert came. It looked like pretty close to finishing that with an arm and guillotine. Uh, yeah, a weird arm and guillotine. It was. I mean, I would call it an arm and guillotine. It it looked like it bordered. Yeah, I guess arm and guillotine. It, it it bordered on like you know if he shifted a little bit, it could have been a Darce. Um but it, it was like a weird arm in guillotine and he was trying to trap that leg of Tyron to, to put more pressure on I the mean, neck. I don't think Ty, Tyron has the ability to knock him out at this point in the fight. Well, Tyron always has the ability to knock anyone out. Um, Body shots. But it, it's going to take a Hail Mary from Tyron Woodley here. I got him down four rounds to nothing. I got him that Yeah, me too. Jeff? Yeah. I think it's unanimous at this point. I think he needs to come out the way he did when he fought Robbie Lawler for the for the welterweight belt when uh, when Lawler was a champ, man. Just come out, swing for the fences, and, you know, see what happens. You're already losing the fight. Sometimes you got to go out on your sword, yeah. I Man, Gilbert Burns has <laughs> always been more dominant than Kamara Usman was. Yeah, I think so. In a lot of ways, some in the striking, definitely. He's landed some clean combinations. He's taken Woodley down. Like, who takes Tyron Woodley down? Kamaro Usman and Gilbert Burns. Those are the only two I can think of. And Gilbert Burns is a jujitsu guy, not a wrestler, really. Yeah. I mean, um, he's been working on his wrestling, but like. But this is what I'm telling you Gilbert Burns is striking, he's grappling also. It's way easier for him to take. Tyrone Woodley down when he's landing effective strikes. Like there's no reason to choose one over the other. Mm-hmm. Like there's a way to use a little bit of it in your style. And don't get me wrong, Gaethje will be a champ without probably ever having to wrestle. Unless Khabib starts wrestling him up, then he's going to have to wrestle, right? Well, here's the thing with that. My theory is if Justin can keep his back off the cage – 
He's not getting taken down. Khabib will not take him down in open space. He doesn't shoot, no. Um, but, you know, is it going to be a 25-foot cage? Is it going to be a 30-foot cage? That might make a difference in that fight. I think, you know, I think if he was a grappler, because I have to cut less space off on you. Well, they're both grapplers, but it would favor the grappler who likes to work up against the cage and Khabib if they're in the – because, you know, Gaethje wouldn't have as much room to make space. Gilbert Burns just wearing down Tyron Woodley up against Speaking of being up against the cage, Gilbert Burns is wearing him down against the cage. Easy to clinch. He easily clinched him. I mean, Tyrone reversed it a little bit. Gilbert was going for a tricky uh, leg sweep right there, like inside-out trip. Oh, I like that. He's slapping him. Look, Gilbert Burns slaps him. <laughs> the old stock. <laughs> I like yeah. this. That's what I'm saying. The open like hand it. smack on the ear. That shit hurts. <laughs> it's a good strike. It doesn't, it doesn't really, look like you know much. I really should, you really should slap. More in a fight because you know, gives you extra extra room over the fist, and second, it gives you a different stimulus. You know, like, punch, like if you vary the stimulus, you punch them, smack them, backhand them. It's like three different stimuluses. Yeah, and that palm isn't padded. You know who was the master of that? Was Boss Rutten? He was the master of the open hand strike. I watched the great old school fight the other day, Boss Rutten. Versus Toyoshi Kasaka, great old school fight. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, back in the old kick to the face on the ground. Yeah, but back in the Pancrase days, and uh, when when you couldn't strike with a closed fist, Boss Rutten like figured that shit out. He was a guy who always adapted. He's like, yeah. all right, we're grappling now. Let me figure out grappling. All right, we're. We were striking with elbows now. Let me figure out how to use elbows. See, Gilbert Burns is using some nice movement the whole fight, too. He, like, has good fakes, movement, shucks. Like, he keeps him guessing a lot. <laughs> we got Lucas on the broadcast. He says, Boracinha is the best. Paulo we'll, Costa? See we'll see, Lucas. Is uh, that Costa Boracina? Yeah, that's Paulo Costa. You know, he looks massive right now. Lucas, are you are you from Brazil? Uh, we might find out soon. Paulo Costa gets the next shot at Israel Adesanya. Let's see if it, if he pushes the fight. This has been the closest round I feel like for Tyron Woodley because he's got a little bit of clinch time up against the cage, but like I'm still scoring this fifth round for Gilbert so far. He's mixing up his strike, inside leg kick, outside leg kick, head, body. He's hitting him everywhere, and Woodley's just got nothing for him. He tried that overhand. I mean, listen, they're on short time. He didn't really do anything. Yeah, you could, you could make an argument that Tyron won this fifth round, but, like, Okay, give it to him. He still lost the first four. Yeah. I got to tell you, the Florida judges already gave Tyron Woodley the victory. <laughs> you know, why are the Florida judges so bad? I Because they're not hiring me, John. That's why. 
I don't know what the criteria is for judging, but it seems like I've seen some of the worst judging ever. I just uh, will destroy that juice monkey, Mark Fellows said. <laughs> I don't know. Mark might actually be right. The problem is Tony Ferguson is the only one that could beat Khabib. You're right. But in this universe, that can't happen. <laughs> so, so in this universe, Khabib can't lose his title. But if he fights uh, Ferguson, Ferguson has the strategy to beat him. So the, they swerve. They can never fight. It's like two of the same magnet. They just can't touch. <laughs> it's too polarizing. Not, not polarizing. All right, yeah. thanks for the comments, guys. We're about to hear the decision of the main event, UFC on ESPN 9. We got Jeff the Animal Wilson. And we got John the Manimal Beneducci uh, for our brawl crawl uh, fight companion, whatever you want to call it here. Uh, significant strikes. Gilbert Burns 76 and Tyron Woodley's 29. Uh, two takedowns for Gilbert. Zero takedowns for Tyron Woodley. Five, almost an entire round's worth of ground control time for Gilbert Burns. I mean, this is a no-brainer. It's a, it's yeah. this is the biggest win I of Gilbert got, Burns. You got it the Woodley. <laughs> <laughs> John, are you sure you're not in Florida right now? Fifty forty-four for Burns. That's super dominant, right? Fifty forty-four. That's yeah, that means that one round was 10 8, I think. 1 10 8 round, yeah. 10 8 round, no. The round that he was fucking him up, yeah. Yeah, probably that first one, I think. Yeah, because he was all over him, yeah. Dropped him, really. All right. Gilbert Burns looked phenomenal. So, who do you think? I mean, listen, Woodley was ranked two, so I got to put him in title contention. Him well, versus. Vidal, him versus Usman. I mean, well, here's the problem. Gilbert happens to be teammates with Kamaru Usman, and he said he don't give a fuck. What? I know. He's like, I want the belt, right? But will Usman feel the same way? True. Yeah, he might not want to. He'd be like, it's too risky because you see me train. You know how I like. Who knows if you've been scoping me out? Man, that uppercut by Gilbert in that first round. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Tyrone Woodley really never had a chance to come back. <laughs> Mark says at least T-Wood has a rap career to fall back on. Yeah, Holly Holm will buy all of his albums, so we're good. Dude, I think I have more of a rap career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is when people start flooding in when the fights are over. Uh so if you're just joining MMA on the Rocks, we got Jeff the Animal Wilson, John the Manimal Beneducci. We just watched the entire card start to finish. Uh, we were live for the last three fights, which took over two hours, which is obscene. We saw lied to me. What's that? They lied to me. They said this card was gonna end at eleven thirty. Well, time doesn't exist, so <laughs> Doesn't matter if there's time. I'm tired. I need that. John, you know what? In oh, some man. universe, this card ended at 11:30, so they didn't lie to you. 
You know what the problem is? There's so many universes where there is no Earth. That sucks. There's no UFC. <laughs> I'm sure they have something. Blow. There's no MMA. I'm sure they have something to entertain themselves. If you guys are just joining in, MMA on the rocks, over the top, under the influence. You guys can get a T-shirt if you want. Follow me on social media at MMA on the rocks. Uh, links in my bio on Instagram and the pinned tweet on Twitter. Um, I uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. Who impressed you the most tonight, uh, start to finish? I'll be honest with you, Bill. I think I was most impressed by <clears throat> excuse me. This dude, uh, actually, I got two of them for you. Casey Kenny, who we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, how he hit that some, how he hit that guillotine on Louis Smolka from the top. Uh, so I was really impressed by him, and I was also impressed by Jamal Hill. Man, um, he put on a great performance during the prelims against uh, Clinton, Clinton Abreu, where he won with. Um, a very nice knee to the body and some punches. And I was also impressed with uh, Chris Gutierrez, who opened the card and won with a TKO via leg kicks. You don't often see that, so I love those. Dude, Chris Gutierrez looked nasty. And uh, and uh, my Uncle Tommy Welker says he can't believe that Tyron Willie got beat up by Sammy Sosa. And I never, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about the fact. I see it now. Now, now I can't. Un- <laughs> I can't unsee it either. Gilbert Burns looks like Sammy Sosa. Um, yeah, Chris Gutierrez in the curtain jerker looked awesome, man. Those low calf kicks. Um, Vince Morales's leg was swollen up. It looked, it it looked like a. You could like, have stopped at any time. And no, which like- one? Both of his legs were beat up like Christmas hams. Dude, yeah. that left leg though. That left leg when they did the close up of it, it was it was like at least two and a half times the size. Uh, I liked. I gotta go. Listen, Billy Q's fight was great. He really came back. You know, he definitely had some adversity there. Mm-hmm. I love Mackenzie Dern's fight. That knee bar, old school knee bar, underrated submission. Mm-hmm. For the record, the first leg lock submission in women's it MMA history in the UFC. Yeah, in UFC women's history, yeah. I uh it's women tap to heel hooks, really. Yeah, they do tend to have flexible heels and ankles. Heels, ankles, knees. No. Just break your leg back. Mm-hmm. No. So yeah, so she did the right thing. By going for the knee bar on a girl. Great. Yeah. And I think she looks great after having a kid. Like, she's had her best fights, even that other fight before this. She made weight. And uh, yeah. she looked good, even though she came up short. This I fight mean, looked great with that knee bar. For the fact that she fought four months after she had a kid is just unbelievable. That's, like, not even human. And she was missing weight before that. It doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Who were your picks, uh, Bill? Well, Jamal Hill looked really impressive to me uh, with his his knockout of Clitson Abreu. Abreu. Um, He's Billy Q's good luck charm. What's that? He's Billy Q's good luck charm. Him and Billy Q are each other's good luck charms. Yeah. They fought in the series and both won and got contracts. 
Great I point. They fought together on that other one, and they both won, and then they fought together on this one and both won. They were each other's good luck charms. Yeah, nice. that's a great point. Of course, I was impressed with my buddy, Billy Quarantillo. Um, I'll, I'll always be a big supporter of him. Just an awesome guy. Uh, he's the kind of guy who just lights up a room with his energy um, and, and put a pace on Spike Carlisle. But I got to say, I was impressed with Spike Carlisle too, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought his best chance would be to get rid of Billy early, uh, but he hung in there, man, the whole time, even though he was sucking wind in between rounds one and two and in between rounds two and three, um, he still fought hard the entire time. Um, got his mouthpiece knocked out right at the end of the third round. That was an incredible fight that I can't wait to go back and watch again. Uh, big time shout out to Billy Quarantello. And then um, I got to, I got to agree with you, Jeff. Uh, Chris Gutierrez was really impressive to me. Um, he, he just lit up Vince Morales. It was so dominant. And I got to say, Caitlin Chukagian. Looked- oh, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Caitlin also. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. He's really good. Super dominant. Nina Shevchenko. Yeah, so dominant. Won every round. 30-25, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, uh, you know, she had four Valentina. And it's tough. Valentina's the best fighter ever to me. Like male or female. She's the best. Uh, a case could be made. Yeah, um, she's the best. But uh, Antonina, not as skilled in the ways of the force. And Caitlin looked great against her. You know, and Caitlin's a good girl. I see her training at Henzo's all the time. You know, she puts in a lot of work. She's smart. Uh, she has yeah. attitude. She was down at Rays a few times, too. I mean, she's awesome. So seeing her win like that was great. For sure. Brown belt <laughs> under John Anaher, which is uh, – Which is really, you know, great. Yeah. Guys, I got to go. Thank you. That was fun. All right. Manimal, uh, one more time. Where can they find you on the social media? I'm at Manimal John everywhere. Instagram, Twitter. Uh, If you're in the astral plane, hit me up. I I appreciate you, my brother. Thanks for jumping on the brawl crawl here. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. So that was John and Manimal Benaducci. Uh, <laughs> he was fading fast. He's got to get some sleep. Um, but yeah, Caitlin Chukagian, brown belt under John Danaher. Her jiu-jitsu looked phenomenal. Um, I feel like just a little bit more hip pressure, she probably would have been able to get Antonina out of there. Um, but just as just the same, Jeff. I mean, so dominant. Uh, 30-25 on all three judges' scorecards. It, it doesn't get much more dominant than that. Yeah, she, for lack of a better term, she kicked Antonina Shevchenko's ass, man. And, Bill, I was also impressed with um, <clears throat> the raw dog, Brandon Royville. Uh, very impressive win over Tim Elliott. He had a tough first round, Tim Elliott, you know, um, using his wrestling really well, putting the pressure on. And it looked like Royville was in a little bit of trouble here. And then in that second round, uh, just able to turn things around and um, – I, th- yeah, uh, just able to get an arm triangle on an exhausted Tim Elliott, who, you know, he was doing the right things to defend. But if you're tired, you know, your brain's just going to shut down and you're going to start making bad choices. And, you know, you're just not thinking clearly. The grappling pace that Tim Elliott put on for those first two rounds was 
uh, amazing or for that first round and a half. And he, yeah, he really just wore himself out. That arm triangle wasn't even really sunk in. Yeah. Um, it, you know, credit to Royval for, for getting the finish, but you know, he, he waited for Elliot to, to take a big exhale and then dropped his shoulder just at the right moment. And Elliot tapped immediately. So like not technically the proper way to sink in that submission, but um, just, you know, impeccable timing on an exhausted Tim Elliott, uh, and, and it worked. Uh, you know, Tim Elliott thought he was going to be able to weaponize pace in this fight, and uh, Roy Val in his UFC debut was able to hang in there. In his post-fight interview, was disappointed in himself um, for this performance because he couldn't get a bonus, and he still has to go to work on Monday. So I feel him, man. You know, he want, this is his dream. He wants to make it his career. It, you know, he's, he's got to get a little bit of a bankroll going uh, before he can do that. And, uh, you know, he was emotional after the fact. But, man, what a card, Jeff. It was so up and down, so so much emotion, so much intensity, a little slowed down, uh, you know, because after Billy Q's fight with Spike Carlisle, yeah. he took a big gap, and then the Blagoy Ivanov, uh, Augusto Sakai fight, was a little bit slowed down, at least in comparison to that Coco main event, we'll call it. Um, and then the main event, just absolute domination by Gilbert Burns. Uh, I, I gave him all five rounds against a former champion. And man, this guy has great things on the horizon. I, You know this, Jeff, because I've been telling you every week, Gilbert Burns, I feel like, has been for a long time one of the most underrated combat athletes on the planet. And I, I've been saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, and I say combat athlete because of his accomplishments in jujitsu and submission grappling. And, and yes, they are two different things. And uh, I, I think he just showed the world who he is tonight, Jeff. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely, man. And <clears throat> excuse me, I've been following Gilbert Burns ever since his fight with Hector Lombard. Um, that's when he really started to stick out to me. And dude, um, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite fighters. Just so game for any opponent. Like you always say, Bill, any rule set. And he's getting better every time. And he loves the competition. I love seeing him fight. And Bill, you know, I got to give it to this card, man. It was so exciting. You know, he... Uh, up until the Billy Quarantillo fight after that, it kind of slowed down a little bit. But, you know, the main event was very exciting, and the prelims were awesome, dude. I think – hold on. Let me just see how many finishes we had here. Um, yeah, so we had two, four. So we had six finishes and five decisions. But even the decisions uh, weren't – you know, they were very exciting as well. Daniel Rodriguez versus Gabriel Green, that was a good fight. You know, Billy Quarantillo, which for me was fight of the night actually. Mm -hmm. um you know just top to bottom i thought this card was keen <laughs> that sums it up right there jeff i hope i hope our boy billy q walks away with a fight of the night bonus myself um and then next week jeff i know a lot of people were hating on this card because people always hate on the cards that are headlined by female fighters for some reason but get over it it's 2020 this is the way things are um ufc 250 Saturday, June 6th, headlined by Amanda Nunez and Felicia Spencer. Felicia Spencer, not even half the experience of Amanda Nunez, but, man, she has proven herself. Her only loss is to Cyborg, 
in, in what was a very competitive fight. Her her jujitsu is phenomenal. Um, and I don't know, man. She's just got this underdog quality that, it, you know, to me, it could cause an upset. Um, for my money, Amanda Nunez is the best pound-for-pound pound female fighter of all time. Um, you, you just have to put her in that category. The only one to win a championship and defend it in two weight classes. And, uh, you know, she's just looked unstoppable lately. But Felicia Spencer just has, like, this X factor of, like, you know, she could derail this train. Uh, there, there's just something there, Jeff, that that is just enough to make this an intriguing matchup. What do you think about this main event? Uh, Bill... I'd want to agree with you, man. But when you look at Amanda Nunez's resume, I just, uh, I don't know, man. I don't see it being too competitive, man. I mean, look at who Nunez has beat. Holly Holm, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, Chris Cyborg, all in the same lifetime. You know, I never, I, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would say, list all those names as losses to one fighter. Mm. Um, so, you know, you gotta give it to Amanda Nunez here. Um, just looking at her body of work, I mean, it's gonna definitely be an uphill battle for Felicia Spencer. I mean, for her to win, she has to fight the perfect fight, Bill. Like, you you cannot make a single mistake against Amanda Nunez because she will make you pay for it one way or another. That's true, but maybe you can't make a single mistake against Felicia Spencer. I mean, did you see Gilbert Burns dominating the former champ, Tyron Woodley, the way he did? I mean, look at Tyron Woodley's resume. I mean, all it takes is for a, a champ or a former champ to just not want to be there as much as the contender wants to be there. And then, it, you know, you have a whole different ball game. You know, I'm not saying that Felicia Spencer is going to, to pull this upset off. I, I still lean in favor of the champ here, but I'm saying there's enough to raise doubt. There, there's enough to to bring the possibility. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I, I never would have thought that this fight between Gilbert Burns and Tyra Woodley would go this way. But, you know, here we are after the fact. So I, I think, you know, the proof is right there in what we just witnessed. Um, yeah. That this could be, this could be like a huge upset and could throw like a huge curveball at the women's featherweight division that barely exists. Yeah. So, Bill, they're fighting at one forty-five. You said or one thirty-five. This would be one forty-five. Okay. So, yeah, different weight class, um, some bigger girls. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, I've been wrong before. Um, you know, I still remember. You know, like you said. A good example is what Gilbert Burns just did to Tyron Woodley. Another example is what Kamaru Usman did to Tyron Woodley. So, you know, it could happen. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting nonetheless. You know, Felicia Spencer, uh, I, feel, I feel like she has breathed some new life into this women's featherweight division. Um, she's been on a bit of a tear. You know, like you said, her only major loss was Chris Cyborg. Um, but, Bill, I think this card, top to bottom, looks really good. The co-main event, we have Rafael Sunsau versus Cody Garbrandt. Um, we have a couple of bandweights on here, too. Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sandhagen, which I'm really excited for. I think that's basically a title eliminator there. Um, Eddie Wineland's on this card, too, Bill. Haven't heard that name in a while. 
against Sean O'Malley. Yeah, Eddie Wyland seems to be the guy they're throwing in there to uh, to build up these young bucks. But um, I, I want to backtrack a little bit, Jeff. That co-main event, Cody Garbrandt, Rafael Asuncao, like what? That's a fucking fight, man. Nobody's talking about it. That's an awesome fight. Uh, I mean, Asuncao, uh, amazing. You know, a lot of people probably forgot. This guy is a fucking killer. And a lot of people may have forgotten about Cody Garbrandt, too. Um, it, you know, because he hit a little bit of a rough patch. Um, it, you know, once he got knocked out for the first time, it seemed to, like, kind of throw him off the rails a little bit. But for a while there, it seemed like he was going to run this bantamweight division. Um, you know, changing camps and a couple of knockout losses. But, you know, a couple of them were against TJ Dillashaw, which has to be a little questionable now that we know that he's tested positive and, and been on a suspension um you know two guys who both at one point have been at the top of the division uh really exciting fight and yeah Corey sanhagen and aljamain sterling you would think this would be the title eliminator yet it's lower on the card than cody garbrandt and hafila sunsau now i would agree with you that sanhagen sterling the winner of that should get the next you know, crack of the title. Let's say they have, um, you know, Aldo and uh, Rice fight for the vacant title. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, I think so as well. Now, logic would say the winner of Sterling and Sandhagen would get that shot, but then why is there a fight in the same weight class as a co-main event in Garbrandt and a Sunsau? That's a bit of a head-scratcher to me, Jeff. So I think... If you're going to be the winner in either one of these fights, you've got to be the most impressive winner. Mm. Um, so let's say the co-main event goes to a decision, but Sanhagen and Sterling has a spectacular finish. They're going to be ahead. But if Sterling and Sanhagen is a close fight and goes to a decision and there's a spectacular finish in the co-main event, I wouldn't want to be Sanhagen or Sterling at the end of that. But we know that um, the entire uh, Law MMA team is out there in Vegas right now. They got Steamroller for Vola, Ally Quinta, Marab de Wallacevilli. Um, we'll throw Billy Quarantillo in there because, you know, he, he's a friend of theirs as well. Um, the, the two gyms, Crazy Tampa South and Law MMA, are very friendly with each other. Team's all out there. They're pulling for Aljamain to get a much-deserved title shot. Uh, that's exciting. Neil Magny and Anthony Rocco Martin. That's an awesome fight. Uh, two spectacular grapplers and, and two guys who are very solid in the stand-up as well. Chase Hooper, the young up-and-coming um, uh, phenom, I guess you can call him. He was a brown belt at like 19 years old. Uh, he was, I think he was 20 years old as his last UFC win. He told Joe Rogan he wanted to go get M&Ms. That's what he was excited for. Uh, <laughs> he's getting in there with Alex Caceres, who um, they throw in there when they want somebody to get submitted. Uh, so I, I, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I would, I would put my money on Chase Hooper by a submission. There, we got Ian Heinish and Gerald Mearshart. Jeff, for me, this could headline a card. That's a fucking awesome middleweight fight right there, Ian Heinish and Gerald Mearshart. Two very underappreciated fighters. These guys always put on a show. Then we got Cody Stamen and Brian Kelleher. Brian Kelleher just fought like yesterday. 
uh, and he's getting back in there against Cody Stamen, who's a stud. And then we got Evan Dunham, uh, Evan Dunham against Gilbert Burns, brother, Herbert Burns, who got his spot in the UFC on the contender series not too long ago. Um, so we could have two brothers working their way towards title contention here. Jose Formiga and Alex Perez. That's a fun fight. And then the first fight on the card, Jeff, Alonzo Menafield, the 9-0 Alonzo Menafield, and Devin Clark, 11-4 Devin Clark. Don't miss that fucking fight, which is the first one on the card. I'm really excited for this card, Jeff. Like, the more we're talking about it, I'm I'm getting really hyped up for it. Get, what's sticking out to you? Yeah, dude, UFC 250 is looking awesome. And, Bill... I, I like I said I love the main event. The main card looks awesome, but on this prelim card, I'm really excited for Alex Caceres versus Chase Hooper. Man, I think that's going to be fireworks. Uh, also, Ian Hainish versus Gerald Mearshart. That could be fight of the night. Um, so, Bill, the UFC is pulling out all the stops in quarantine, dude. Um, you know the fights are the fight cards are a little. Uh, they've been a little bit um, sparse. You know, ever since that week that we had. Uh, the three cards in one week, but dude, the UFC is pulling out all the stops, and I gotta say, I love it, man. Tonight's card was fantastic. I think next week is gonna be even better. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were complaining about this card, but like, it's it's MMA fans complain about everything. Um, that Chase Hooper fight is gonna be awesome. A teammate of mine happened to fight Chase Hooper right before he got into the UFC. Um, shout out to Sky Moisechek. Uh, who was a teammate of mine, brown belt, very good at jujitsu, uh, had a really difficult time uh, with Chase Hooper. And Sky is a very seasoned fighter. Uh, he's had a lot of fights. He's 38 or 39 years old now. Uh, he's been in the game a long time, and, and Chase you know, really gave him a hard time. TKO'd him late in the fight. Um. Yeah, man, this is a fun card all the way up and down. I don't want to miss one of these fights. I, I'd say the one I'm most excited for, I'll give you the sleeper fight. The sleeper fight is Ian Heinish and Gerald Mearshart. That That's the one you shouldn't miss. Um, another sleeper fight is Lonzo Menafield and Devin Clark. And then everything else kind of speaks for itself. Neil Magny and Anthony Rocco Martin, that's awesome. Corey Sanhagen, Aljamain Sterling, Awesome. Cody Garbrandt, Rafael Asuncao, awesome. This whole car is awesome, Jeff. I'm really excited for it. Uh, I'm really excited with the way uh, tonight's card worked out. I'm happy for my buddy Billy Quarantillo, of course, uh, who's a friend of the show, has been on the podcast. Um, yeah, just all around fun times. I'm, I'm glad to have MMA back right now. And, um, yeah, thanks to everybody who joined in throughout the night, coming in and out and uh, sharing your thoughts with us and commenting. Uh, you know, we enjoy doing this kind of show. Obviously, there won't be a regular podcast tomorrow uh, because we did this. Thank you to everybody who listened to the whole two and a half hours. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you, for everybody who's bought a T-shirt uh, over the top under the influence MMA on the Rocks T-shirt. We're both rocking them tonight. Um, you can find yours through... Uh, rip life one uh mma team reaper or you can go to my instagram click the link in my bio or go to the pin tweet on my twitter at mma on the rocks and get yours there jeff you have any closing thoughts on this awesome night of fights and awesome night for mma on the rocks yeah i mean things are starting to look up i don't know about 
you know, some of the other states, but in New Jersey, things are slowly starting to open back up. So, you know, things are looking up. We're starting to get through this. So, you know, there there's a finish line here, folks. So, you know, let's just spread peace and love. Yeah, man. Be good to each other out there. I can't stress that enough. I, I know I say it all the time and, and I'll never stop saying it, but um, you know, we all have our differences, but just, just be good to everybody you come in contact with or, or try your best to do so. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of really scary stuff going on out there and, and people are scared enough to go outside because of viruses and everything. Uh, you know, they don't need more reasons to be scared to go outside. So let's all take care of each other out there. If you want to get a hold of Jeff, you can do so at animal underscore Wilson on Twitter and Instagram. You guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the rocks everywhere on the internet. Go to MMA on the rocks.com, which is undergoing a revamp right now. We're going to be unveiling a brand new website in the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited about that. We got the t-shirts on sale wherever you're watching or listening. Please share the show. Give us a review. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe. Uh, write a review if you have the time. A lot of you have the time. Some of you are still in quarantine there. Uh, it really helps us out. helps other people find the show. And, uh, you know, we can bring more people into the party here. We like doing these kinds of things. So thank you to everybody. That's all we got, folks. Two and a half hours. I mean, that's that's a long show for us. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>